What's happening, everybody? Pedro here, and welcome to another episode of Living It Fresh. Today's guest is a love-in-the-air type of guest, and what I mean by that is that this guest broke down on how he was going to propose to his now fiance, and we broke down on the adventures that he was going to do to do it, the foods that he was going to have, and we also went down even further to say if we could still air this podcast if she were to say no. <laughs> so... Aside of all that, we also talk about some of the accounting that he does. We talked about his fascination of wine. And then we also, we got to talk about some kind of sport and his love for basketball. So with all that aside, our guest today is the one and only Louis Garside. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no it's, problem. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, most people think it's a video uh podcast which it will be in time but it's just one of those things where it's like it's just like us having a phone call so uh so yeah so i had a question um before we kind of get started how do you pronounce your last name uh garside garside yeah so it's like garfield and like the side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay cool because as i was reading it i was like it looks extremely self-explained <laughs> like it, you, like you couldn't get any simpler like looking at the spelling but i was like like what, what, what is that is that a, a different kind of nationality or uh, behind that name uh english actually english oh okay yeah because yeah. i was looking i was like oh man like it's probably gonna be like Gaside or something like that like <laughs> the, the silent r or something like that i was like i, I better just have him pronounce it so anyway anyways well, anyway how do you pronounce uh, yours Oh man, that's a whole different game. That we're, <laughs> we're going down this one. So, um, so mine is like the way it's pronounced in like the language. So it, it's a Ratuman last name, which is like Fiji Islands. Yeah, and it's it's pronounced uh, Faranke. Yeah, nice. But like how we say it, like you know, in in an English form, is uh, like far, F A R, like a distance. And then ank, like an anchor going into the water, like ank, mm -hmm. and then the letter A. So far ank A. But the spelling doesn't even match any <laughs> of the pronunciation because there's a G in it. Yeah. And, and you're just like, where does it, where the hell does this G come into play? So you're trying to pronounce the G and it's, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little bit of a cluster, but <laughs> how, how was the haircut? You, you feeling fresh? Yeah, well, I got got a Bucks party this week. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, quick reminder, it might be happening right as we speak. Your headset might cut in and out from this thing, because right now I can't hear a word you're saying. But if you turn your headphones off or on, back on, there you go, now you're back on. Did you, did oh. you, did, did you see or hear anything different from that, yeah. that moment? Yeah, I heard it. Basic. I think it was my uh, my iPhone actually locking or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it happens to everybody. Like in every single podcast I've done, and maybe that's it, because mm -hmm. uh, mine mine has a clock running and it never shuts off. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. So, anyways, you were saying you were you you're going to a Bucks party? Yeah, on the Gold Coast. Oh, okay. So, have you been? So you you were born and raised here in Australia? Yeah, in New South Wales. Oh, okay. So would you, that being said, would you can consider yourself like 
when the state of origin goes on are you like a blues <laughs> fan uh no, well interesting story i uh my name's, my name's lewis and um, yeah. there is this quite famous rugby league player called Wally Lewis. And so when ah. I was six years old, I got a Wally Lewis jersey because six. Um, and then I was really confused because when you're that young, you don't know, know what the word origin means. Yeah. So um, I saw everyone were going for like the teams, the jerseys they wore. And I went for the team with the jersey I wore. And it wasn't until I was like 13 that I realized it's been going for the wrong side <laughs> but it was too late and so now I, you've already now, committed yeah and yeah you can't turn around when they were winning or when they were losing like you just gotta you just gotta cop it at that point <laughs> but what do you what do you feel like naturally like do you feel like even though like you support um queensland and stuff like do you feel like naturally you're new south wales like kind of supporter in in in, in a weird heart kind of way I feel almost no connection to either. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't even watch NRL. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do, and I like it because it's one of the, it's one of the more high-level games when you get rid of all the, some of the refereeing changes a little bit and yeah. it slows the, de- the game down. But uh, it's it's the most high-level you can watch, so I always enjoy it for that standpoint. And then yeah, how passionate it gets everyone. Like it's a game that everyone cares about. Right, right. So that's what I, I, really, I really love. As long as it's, it's a good game, if it's like a two to four and everyone just laying all over each other on the rock and there's no ball. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is bullshit. I don't want to be watching this. But you, it's it's like some like baseball. Like It's like a drinking sport. You yeah. Can, you can still enjoy it. <laughs> to different speaking reasons. Of, speaking about baseball and stuff like that, can you, can you watch a cricket game? Oh, yeah. Big time? Yeah. What what do you what's what fascinates you with cricket? Because the thing that I have with baseball, I can play baseball all day long and have not one like mental complaint. And then when I watch it, it's like like kind of like how we're talking about like it's a drinking game. Like if I'm not doing something to activate myself to engage in it, I I don't want to watch it no more. Yeah. Like, do you feel the same with cricket? Yeah, a little bit. It depends. There's a couple of different modes. There's like the one that goes for five days, the test matches. But yeah, um, yeah the, the shorter ones, it's a bit a bit quicker. Just the batsmen have a bit more urgency because there's a limitation on how many, like kind of like the strikes thing, but just a lot longer. Yeah. But, uh, oh, okay. It, but when, it, when it's longer, it, when it goes for longer, the bowler really has a lot more time to work, you know, his strategy again against each player. Yeah. Which makes and, it kind of interesting. And, and what's your take with bowlers who run a half a mile <laughs> to bowl a ball compared to the bowlers who just are just right there and just do that quick little three-step ball? Well, typically that'll be like a fast-paced bowler versus someone who's doing like a, a spin bowler. And yeah. so they're, they're really trying to leverage like, you know, inertia and their speed going um, as opposed to a spin ball he's trying to you know turn the ball maybe catch a little bit of the ground a bit differently and get the ball to move in a way the batsman won't expect oh okay but whereas someone who's going for speed but yeah again like sometimes they end up running way too far and it's just right like, it's like Giannis <laughs> taking 10 seconds on a free throw <laughs> oh man oh man speaking about basketball as well I was literally just watching a game before we hopped onto this call and it was 
it was one of the lower teams. I think it was um, Houston Rockets versus Detroit Pistons game. And uh, it must have just happened recently because it kind of the way that you you've seen games, how they kind of make it a mini and they it's like instead of it being like a two hour game or whatever, it's like only 30 minutes. Yeah. And um, man, like, I don't know about you, but I am like my I, obviously we play together. But like my kind of thing is like defense, like if we're playing against a really hard team. I'm all into that defensive mode. I don't really try to focus too hard on offense. And then when we're playing against, you know, like how it was last night, it's just one of those things where it's like they're just going to miss themselves, so it's play offense. But anyways, in this basketball game, there was like no defense. And then on top of that, what I found out with the defense is that referees are calling like the most ticky-tack kind of fouls ever where you can't even play defense. Um with that being said, can you do you find yourself watching games like thinking to yourself that there's a lot of shots going up real easily, or is are you kind of like just engaged in the game and not really worrying about anything? Uh, like like when I'm watching NBA. Yeah. Well, it kind of just depends more so on who's playing. Like I guess the problem with Houston and Detroit is they're both low level teams with a lot of young players. Right. Whereas if you go and watch a game that Miami's playing. Yeah. Or Golden State, like they got this guy Gary Payton the third. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually Leglove's son, he called yeah. the mitten or the mitten or something stupid. <laughs> the mitten, <laughs> but he's getting in everyone's grill and um, yeah, it's something stupid like that. It's hilarious, <laughs> and and he's like leading the league in plus minus. But um, yeah, teams like them in Miami, they're getting up in everyone's grill, and it, there's this interesting stat like so Trey Young and James Harden are like not averaging anywhere near as many points as they've ever averaged because they're not getting all those touch fouls as they go to the hoop. Ah. Yeah. Because, like, okay. James Harden, James Harden, like, has actually scored more free throws in his career than actual jump shots. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but he's the one that's, like, really plays it. Like, mm. imagine if flopping was a technical foul. It wasn't just a normal, like, flopping kind of call foul it was like if you if you were caught flopping it's a technical you know what i mean like i wonder if that would change change anything but do you have a do you have a certain team that you go for now um well i i probably go for every team i uh listen your to players guy <laughs> no i listen to like two to two to three like nba podcasts a week oh, and okay. um yeah, like I sometimes in the off season when I'm bored, I'll think about like, oh, what can New Orleans do to actually be a decent squad this year? And I'll think up trades to get them certain players and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it. Yeah, it's it's bad, but um, in a good but, way. In a, yeah, <laughs> not, you, know, you can have worse hobbies, but um, yeah. Like I'm wearing a Lakers shirt now. Um, <laughs> like a shirt with a Golden State hat and <laughs> no Milwaukee no, no. rings. Uh, so when I um when I got into basketball um I used to get this like newspaper and it was like an NBA newspaper mm-hmm. and um at that time I can't remember how, I can't remember how old I was but Kobe was just going through his stretch of like some stupid amount of forty point games. And oh yeah, sh- yeah. So Shaq had just been traded to Miami and he was doing on his own doing that thing. And yeah, his team was pretty bad, but he was pushing them to the final uh, to the playoffs, sorry. 
versing like Phoenix and stuff like that. So, yeah, they weren't a good team back then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was all, or everything, you know, you, I'm sure you remember, it was all about Kobe back then. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, in um, a way, even though he's passed, it still kind of is all about Kobe. Oh, my God. Like, you don't realize that. Like, when I went over there, like, I'm hanging out with a couple guys that I, I worked over there and I, I hung out with a couple good dudes who grew up there and they're all like mumba mentality and how it's a part of their life and shit like that it's, it's ridiculous like i believe that yeah um even though he did some like you know all the stuff in in denver and everything like like they saw him go from a kid to a man and like he made yeah he made some big mistakes but he kind of went around it and yeah the tent like wow that that town loves him it's crazy yeah man i don't know any you know even even before he passed away i don't i don't really recall any place specifically that was like god i hate kobe unless it was like <laughs> somebody who like was a uh, orlando magic fan and they played against him in the finals you know something like that where you just kind of you just hate him for for losing you know yeah um and we were what's, talking earlier what's what's your uh, what's your favorite player Jason Kidd. Yes, yes, yes. That's who it was. <laughs> and then, and then, how did you spot Jason Kidd? Um, well, it was around. It was just before that time. I was kind of like, I just got into the whole Kobe thing. I was reading newspapers, and the internet was just getting out of like dial-up. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I could research things and I'd like go on like Wikipedia and see players and see their stats through the years. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, so you're reading about Kobe and you're like, oh, he versus the Nets and the Nets made it to the finals the year after as well. And you look mm-hmm. at the team, you're like, oh, I don't know any of these guys. Who the hell are these guys? And then you go, like Jason Kidd, he's an all star. And then you learn about the way he plays. He's like a facilitator, um, led the league in steals and such yeah. like that. And for at the, around that time, like Steve Nash was getting all these MVPs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just thought it was crazy that some Jason Kidd could take a team of guys who didn't even sign, most of them didn't even sign another contract. Like, right. And he took them to the finals. Like, and it just, for me, I was like, man, like he doesn't need to just get the ball and score. Like he can make bad players great. Well, right. Not bad players. Like no NBA player is a bad player, but. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though, in terms of, like, creating something out of nothing. Yeah, and then these guys all have careers, and then <laughs> off they go so to other places. Did, did, did he, like, retire or something? Did he retire? Yeah, I mean, he retired. I mean, I mean, after the Nets, did, did he retire, or? Well, no, he, oh, the Nets, after the Nets, I should be able to remember all this. I oh. think he got traded. Oh, Okay. I think he got traded for like Devin Harris or something. I can't remember, but he ended up in Dallas and he, I think he might've went somewhere before that, but ended yeah. up playing in a, few, in, in a few spots and bounced around, ended up winning the ring with Dirk against the Lakers. Oh, did he? And then he? played in, yeah, he was on that team that had Jason Terry. I always think about Sean that Marion. team too. That's like the only really person you know is Jason Terry and, and Dirk. And it's like, how the hell did they win? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Jason Kidd probably did a little bit of magic in there. Karen, Karan Butler as well or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's that's quite that's quite an interesting uh, interesting path to go from. Because all all I know Jason Kidd is from Phoenix Suns. 
<laughs> like and that's and that's it's even like, earlier. That's old school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, because I, I I've always grown up to be in, like my team, my NBA team is Chicago Bulls, and I've always been a Jordan fan. And like even even like to this day, people you know they kind of talk about like someone someone at the court at a at Flinders when we play at or used to play at. Um, they were like we were, we were kind of bouncing around people like who I thought people were on the court, and I was like you know you're you're like Dwayne Wade you're like this and then someone on the court I was like oh he's like Kobe Bryant, and someone on the bench was like no you're like Kobe Bryant and in my head. I took that as the biggest insult. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, how dare you treat me like Kobe Bryant? I'm freaking Michael Jordan." And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just that kind of thing. And then the comment that they said afterwards was like, "Yeah, because like you're really good, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Okay, okay, calm down, get out of your ego." You know, like they're giving you a compliment. <laughs> it is funny because, as, like, as a scorer, you're quite tenacious. Like the way. Mm-hmm. The way you go to the hoop and like every shot like feels like there's no question in your mind that you should be taking it right but you are a lot more positive than those two guys they're dicks <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like yeah like they, they just want to beat you and kick you down i just want to win but make sure that you had fun doing it too <laughs> yeah well that was it was like the, the other day we um we had that game where it was like last minute I made two free throws and then someone was like hit hit your jump hit your free throws but if you miss that one first one hit the second and then you're like no there's no missing he's not missing like like why like cut this negativity let's right yeah oh man I know exactly what that was because I, I I think I made a podcast episode on that game Really, (laughs) I don't think I published it yet because I was so hyped up in the moment because we won. It was so unreal. But um, but yeah, I remember saying, uh, we we went to the time. I don't even know who called timeout, whether it was us or them. But all I remember coming to the huddle late, and then you guys were just strategically thinking, all right, like, look, man, if you miss the first one, you got to miss the second one so we can get the offensive rebound. And all I kept hearing was miss, miss, miss. And I'm like, damn, guys, this guy's going to miss if you keep telling him to miss. I was like, <laughs> just just hype him up and tell him to make it. So then, yeah, that's when I kind of came in and was like, nah, fuck that. You got to make it. Once you make the first one and make the second one, then we got to play lockdown defense and steal. And then all of a sudden, he misses the first one. And all that was going through my head was like, okay, well, I'm glad we talked about this. <laughs> and then he makes the second one. I'm like, Jesus, like, come on, dude. Like, you didn't even do any of our plans. You went, you went totally left field and did your own plan. Hey, but that's one, I guess it's one of the things you can sit there and plan and plan all, all the stuff in the world. But um, sometimes you just gotta, like, just got to go with them to fly like that. And you still got the win. Yeah, I mean, how we got the win was so crazy because not only did we make the steal and make the layup, but the clock didn't start. <laughs> and then on and then on top of that, like we steal the ball after the clock didn't start and I'm like, "Oh, that's a shoe in." Like we now have possession with with the lead, like it's over. And then for some odd reason, <laughs> some weird reason, the guy who steals the ball takes a shot, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Deep, and then, too deep. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they get they get in a last second hail mary chance, and you know what? In that last second hail mary, 
you, we found the guy. Like, <laughs> from my perspective on the court, when he launched that, like, full court shot, which was, you know, a heartbreaker in terms of, like, I can't believe they actually have an opportunity to, to make a basket. I looked at what happened, and I was like, oh, that's a foul. That's a for sure foul. This guy gets three free throws. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, it obviously didn't happen. But anyways, I talked to one of the reps um, after like a week. Actually, it was a couple nights ago. And he was talking to me about the game. And he's like, did you know that because the clock didn't start, the points that you scored doesn't count? <laughs> and I was like, really? Jesus. <laughs> and he, yeah, so it makes the story even more dramatic. So I was like, so what do you mean? He goes, well, what would happen is we'd bring the ball all the way back to where it originally was. And we would start the play all over again. It'd be their ball, and we'd start the play all over again because the clock didn't start. That means the first live possession never exists. Oh, and wow. I was like, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And I was like, so then I started talking to him. I'm like, well, th- that's, that's impossible. Like, you're telling me that you as a ref, you basically handed the ball, you know, you got everything running. They pass it, and the first initial touch is a steal. It's a clear steal. And that means they get the ball back. I was like, if anything, I understand that the, that the points may not have scored, but wouldn't we get the ball back? And he's it's like, thinking of, he's yeah, he's thinking about it. And he's like, you know what? I, I actually don't know. Like, all I know is that it shouldn't start and whatever happened to redo it. He's like, I'm going to look into that. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But if that was the case and that did happen, I think that would have worked against us because oh, they that would have had them back on defense. And then we would have been like, fuck who's gonna shoot the ball like like who wants it in my head i always want the ball but at the same time like i always want the better percentage shot yeah if i if i have the ball and i'm getting double teamed and you're like wide open in the corner even though you're a lot further than where i'm at i'd rather pass you the ball and take the shot whether you miss or make i know the percentage was higher and so and that's also what i learned too with playing with you is like i know that if you're wide open you're not going to take the shot 100% of the time. And so, like, <laughs> most of the times, I'll pass you the ball, and I'll just give up because I'm like, cool, he's going to shoot it. And then, like, you don't shoot it. I'm like, fuck, this guy. Like, <laughs> God damn it, Jason Kidd. Fucking shoot it. Don't just... <laughs> well, have you seen Jason Kidd? Like, in the back of his career, he... um he uh, got good at three point shooting. Before that, it was it was not a good sh- it was not a high percentage shot. Oh so, really? Uh, yeah, and I I need, I'm not not a great three point shooter. So I um sometimes I'm like oh, I got to take it just so the de- the defense actually comes out right. Right. But uh, I'm like oh it's it's not it's not my thing. <laughs> I mean I've, it's happened probably out of ten times it's probably happened twice where yeah. like. You won't take that open shot because, like, you're looking for that nice, cool, like, in the zone pass. Yeah. And, like, and then, then I'll be like, all right, he's looking for the pass. Then I'll cut into the middle and then you'll pass you it. And no, 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 you, you'll pass it and then they steal it. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, because now I've all my energy is wasted going in the wrong direction because, like, we're trying to score. And then it's like, no, the first initial thought in my head is like, God dang that, Lewis, you should have shot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> And then, it, I, I and then instantly later, yeah, exactly, right. And then instantly later, it's like probably like within a two-second range. I'm like, it doesn't even matter because, like, what if he shot it and missed? We'd be in the same scenario as we are right now. So instead yeah. of dwelling on the the moment of like, you should have shot 
it. It's just like, well, maybe we would have missed it anyways. Karma probably would have had us. Maybe we might play good defense. Blah, blah, blah. I just, I, I basically turned that negative into a positive. No, it's all right. But um, it's one of those things that I definitely think about a lot, as you can tell. Like, that's why I hesitate and don't shoot. Yeah. Um, so, but it's and like, I just need, honestly, I just need to get down and get some reps up because. Uh, get him in the game. Get him in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But yeah, I just, I just need to go down and get some, just get the confidence back. Because I feel like a lot of the time when I play, it's quite momentum. Like once one thing goes good, a few things start going good. Right, right. And just, but then it's, yeah. So I know it's weird too. Like, I feel like I really like the team we play with now because I feel like everyone kind of knows their role a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But I also feel like I should be doing bits and pieces more, like, especially like, hustle-wise like offensive rebounds or a bit more cutting kind of thing stuff yeah but it's I mean, uh, it's all about placement as well you know like um being just being in the right spot but knowing why you're in the right spot doing whatever the hell the right spot is yeah. and like like big men they'll get the rebound and i know that they think that there's no way in hell i can get the rebound so <laughs> instead of me jumping to get the rebound I allow them to get the rebound. Oh, you off again? You back. <laughs> I I allow them to get the rebound and I wait for them to come down to land. Once their their momentum is coming down, I uppercut the basketball. Yeah. And then it just pops right out of their hand because they really they got a good solid grip on the ball. And so when I uppercut it, you know, all I think about when I uppercut the ball is please don't hit them in their chin. <laughs> you get a player knocked out on the court it's like god damn that's a for sure ejection <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah it's just that kind of placement 100% everyone's kind of defending against people slapping down the ball so sometimes it doesn't need to be uppercut it needs to be a tap up and they just they're used to trying to hold it and stop yeah. people from slapping down just just a little exactly. bit different what yeah. I learned what I learned most so like when I coached the um, the high school girls basketball team here our team on paper was not a championship caliber team even though we won the championship like we weren't supposed to and, and compared to everyone's eyes even people at the school didn't believe in the team and what i what even the players didn't even believe the team like let's just break it down there well what i told the players was um you got to shoot the ball regardless of what happens if you believe you're a crap shooter shoot the ball because not only will a you're, you're going to get better because you're going to learn adjustments how everyone does but also as you said earlier the defense is now thinking that you're going to shoot the ball yeah and they attack and, the close out yeah the and then they they just come out a little bit more to you and then that means that when you when you no longer shoot the ball you pass it back to somebody else that lane that that person is now going through is a lot bigger because that defender that was originally sucking into that lane is now coming out to guard you. And so, like, the rest is kind of history, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I find interesting about our team. What, what's, what's the one thing you enjoy most about our team that we're on this season compared to last season? Is it – oh, which team we were on before? The same, the same team, the same team, but this time, like, we have a diff couple different players. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, um – I, I, I don't know if it, it's too different because I feel like the crux of the team is still the same. But right. um, the thing that I I really like about the team is one, everyone has a crack at defense. Yeah. And two, no one cares who gets the buckets. 
Right. Like, um, and I feel like I think it's maybe because we're all well, one or two younger guys, but um, everyone's a bit older and just wants to play and you know doesn't care yeah. who, who gets the points as long as someone does. Yeah, yeah, and, we're we're just, we're just looking for W's. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it just I think it just makes it easy. Like, it's really easy to play, and you know, there's a, yeah. a lot of people can handle the ball, which I know sounds crazy, but that's you know kind of hard. A lot of times you get teams that are like one or two ball handlers and it makes it difficult oh yeah so oh, um, yeah all yeah all of us can actually control it eh? yeah and it just that just makes such a difference yeah big yeah. time it was crazy about this season that i know from last season is like who we all thought was our weakest player <clears throat> is like grown so drastically like he's like doing a lot of hustle points which he's always done he's he's getting more rebounds he's actually taking a lot more shots and it's kind of yeah. like oh and then they're going in which is the even crazier bit you're like you're not supposed to be a good <laughs> player and you're playing like a pretty goddamn good player <laughs> yeah he um one he plays very well inside himself but he's yeah. also just like two percent body fat and freak athlete like he got <laughs> yeah like like that's that steal that he got to win us the game that we were talking about earlier like not a surprise yeah. like he's like him and tal are just like oh i'm just happy yeah. i don't have to verse them <laughs> yeah exactly we 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 have a deal that comp at usc and mm. he was like he's like oh you better be ready tal's gonna kind of guard guard me and all I was thinking about was like, shit, you're not going to last very long. You're going to foul out. Like, <laughs> the way I play offense, I guarantee you, you're going to foul out. You're way too aggressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but people wilt in, wilt in front of you, man. Like what? They like what? They, they just wilt and like you see them, they, he gets a couple of deflections and then uh, it gets oh, in their yeah. head. Oh, yeah. Big time. And he doesn't yeah. even talk anything, too. He just kind of, <clears throat> just in his own world. It's like, man, if it was me getting them steals, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> oh, man, speaking about that kind of stuff, how good was that block yesterday? <laughs> Josh East, where he pinned him? No, your block. No, oh. yeah, yeah, it was all right. It, it, it wasn't, looked, as, wasn't quite I, as high. I was on the bench. I was on the bench when I seen it, and I was like, ooh, that looked good. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been getting too many of them recently. I feel like when we used to play on Thursdays, and I was a different comp, I used to get heaps. But um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta start having to crack at that again. I think. Oh, it look because it's fun. How was your that, energy after you get after you did it? Like, were you like through the moon or something like that? Yeah, oh, it always, it always feels good. And because like as a smaller guy, like getting blocks is always a good thing, especially when someone bigger comes in. And it's like, whoa, wait. Yes. Yeah. Love do it. you find yourself being like, do you ever take charges a lot? Or do you feel like this with the age that we are and, and all that kind of stuff, like taking a charge is just not worth it? Uh, I would hate, I don't know. I feel like we were some players in our league who just drop all the time. And I think it's very Chris Paul and very not fun. <laughs> but wouldn't it suck if I'm taking a charge and they don't call a charge and that person's just got a layout? Yeah, like the risk isn't always worth the reward. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's and, um, yeah. And I and I hate stable defense as well. When someone kind of like stands straight up for that charge, and then the, the offensive player just kind of like euro steps around you. Yeah, 
and that's like, just, oh. everyone everyone looks at that now that's like that was not something that was done a lot when I was younger right so it's good it's good to see that kind of progression when that yeah but, um, but yeah man shoot man we haven't even talked about anything of the topics that we normally talk about on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> what do you usually so, talk about so well, we're gonna start talking about them. I'm all looking at the timer. I'm like, holy smokes, man! We've been on for a half an hour, and I haven't even asked one question that was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna ask him about this and whatnot. It's just been like, <laughs> hey, this is exactly what I was telling you too. I was like, you kept telling me what's what's the topic gonna be about. I'm like, oh man, like don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, basketball is like 100 percent my passion. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot, that's why we kind of play about it oh you, you remember uh alex um yeah so anyways he went to la for this uh convention and he got tickets to see a laker game and apparently it was kobe's farewell game and someone offered him like ridiculous amount of money anywhere and i might be bsing it but i know damn well it was between one to four thousand dollars for his ticket and he had nosebleed tickets he yeah. was so high up there. He said after the game was over, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have sold it if it was like a hundred thousand. He's like the like the had you had to be there moment was like unmatched. Yeah, I'd um I'd a mate who was there. Well, he was one of the guys I was hanging out with when I was in LA, and and he said he got the tickets before Kobe had retired. So it was a bunch of people who got season tickets that just had these incredible high value tickets at the end. I remember Tracy McGrady was saying, oh. I will pay whatever it takes to sit at the at the end of the bench. Like, oh, name geez. the price. Name name the price. I'm there. And wow, didn't he deliver? Yeah, big time too. Yeah. It was like one of those games where I, I always remember Shaq talking about it in the um, in the thing. He's like, "You better score fifty or forty or something <laughs> like that." And he scores sixty, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. good on you, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> But yes, yeah, so anyways, getting to, to topics and stuff like that, um, pretty much what I was going to ask, the first question I was going to ask you is whereabouts in the world and in Australia have you traveled that you found was like the most kind of like breathtaking places that like anytime you have like a positive thought, you reminisce about these places. It's not necessarily like where have you been around the world. It's just like what areas around the world or around Australia or even around Queensland was like this area. Like I remember being there. I just felt so good. Hmm. Well, for from like a view and like think like the first one that I can probably think of was I went up to Ellie Beach. And so it's the first holiday that my, me and my girlfriend actually went on together and yeah. so there's this place called the Whit Sundays Rainforest Retreat and so it's it's up on the hills so Whit Sundays and early it's it's quite steep hills and so you're up there and we got this honeymoon suite at this place and uh yeah you're sleeping on the bed and then you just look out and then all you can see is the water and the water there is like super blue and it's crazy and like yeah. that was the first I uh, kind of like that was really nice because it was also our first holiday together and oh, okay. Like, you know what it's like when it's all new and stuff, right? Yep, yep. Honeymoon phase. <laughs> I got yeah, you. Yeah, so 
So like you're really happy to be on a holiday, you're excited about that and all the things that brings and like you're waking up in bed together and then you just look down and you just got the most amazing blue. And so, Ellie Ellie Beach, is that where is that at? Uh that's um so that's north. It's kind of inland from Mackay. It's where the Wit Sundays are. Well the Wit Sundays are islands off Ellie. Okay. And, yeah. But this but this is all in Queensland, right? This is not no Northern Territory area or nothing like that. No, no, that no, this is yeah, Queensland all all yeah. on, on the coast all the way up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah nice. so that one would be that one was pretty good. But then where else did we stay? It was nice. We also did a trip to Thailand, which is pretty pretty good. What what's your biggest t- like take about thailand like what what did you notice most about it whether it was good or bad doesn't matter like what what was the biggest thing to, to, that noticed that popped out to you it's how different it can be in different places so like you go to like the main city bangkok you're like oh this is just like sydney right but then you can and then people are just trying to sell you rip off like ray-bans and nikes and stuff <laughs> so, it's not what i came for but then you can go out to like some of the smaller towns or even like certain areas of the cities and it's exactly what you imagine like stereotype to be yeah but yeah there's this place there called pi p a i okay and um i have a friend nick who's he's very well traveled dude's been everywhere and he knows all the spots and so he sent me to this place called pi and like it's to get there it's like the windiest road you've ever been on it goes back and forth along cliffs and mountains mm-hmm. the whole way but when you go there um it's incredible. There's hot springs, there's caves, um, there's a circus school, uh, and there's just so much natural beauty. There's these canyons, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and then when you when you go there, they have this walking road, and then they have markets there. And the markets are like actual things you want to buy, like artists and people who create stuff, not trying to sell you not something. Not bootleg that's stuff. Fake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have this bracelet. It's black pearl but it's like no this is plastic like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that place is cool incredible sunsets and people there it's it's just different um yeah yeah so that was another really good spot oh, okay and then um outside of um those two areas was there any other area location areas that you guys kind of traveled and felt some good vibes we did america america is very fun um yeah and the one thing that a lot of people, well, I don't know, everyone kind of goes, oh, America, go to the cities, but it is a great place to road trip. Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, we really like going up, we went up the PCH from LA to San Fran and then we drove to, from Tahoe mm-hmm. to Vegas. And then it was really cool. Like on one side of the road, you had snow-capped mountains. Oh, yeah. And then... And on the other side, you had like the red, like Nevada dirt kind of thing. It must have been like a little trippy thing to see. Yeah, it was. It was it's, it's funny how you can drive two hours and then all of a sudden it's really hot and you've just seen snow. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, this yeah. doesn't make sense. I know. I remember talking to somebody and I was like, talking about the mountains here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I climbed up uh, Mount Coulomb or Mount Birawa or whatever. And they're like, that's not a mountain that's that's a rock or it's a hill <laughs> i was like come to the states we have mountains yeah and i was just like you know like just take it easy all right just take yeah. it easy well, um, everything's bigger and better in america right from what they say <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it's, yeah there's it's a bit of that there it's pretty funny 
Yeah, um, and what I noticed too about Americans who come over here, and I, I don't necessarily say I was the same way when I first moved here a while ago, but like I I could believe that I was, you know what I mean? And it's like they always compare what they have to what we don't have here. Mm. So it's like, oh man, you guys don't serve alcohol inside your, your gas station or your petrol station? Like, what? We have that over there. That's so crazy that you guys don't have that. It's like, well, like, adjust. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, I actually noticed a lot there because in LA, it's supposedly more progressive than some other spots. But um, I remember when I got there, I was doing some work because I was over there like on a working holiday. Yeah. And I was, there was something I was struggling with. I was like, this sucks. This is hard. Like, surely there's a better way. Like, I can't do this. This is, this is stupid. And um, the senior that I had there was like really shocked. And she was like, wow, like just hearing you talk like that is just really weird because no one in America ever wants to say they're finding something hard. Everyone can do everything. Like, like they don't struggle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very proud. Right. Kind of place. And she's like, yep. yeah, just to hear you say, like, I can't do this. This sucks. Like, like, it was just like, whoa. Like, and like, she's like, well, yeah, it does suck. Like, but no one ever says that here. Like aloud. Yeah. <laughs> what did you? What other? What other things did you learn when you were there in terms of like, like lingo, what people say, or uh, the places that you went to, other than like your road trips? Like, was there anything else that kind of stood out? Oh no, L- like, LA is very, very similar. Yeah. But um, then as you went to some of the smaller towns, that's it got pretty America. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking to um, we had some friends we met in Thailand who lived in San Fran, and they're like, yeah. "Come, come and visit our town, and we'll take you out." And then they were saying, "Oh yeah, we're from Australia. Like, it's it's pretty different. It's like it's weird how you can have quite a similar landmass, but then like less than ten percent of the people." Yeah. And then he was like, "Don't compare your country, your little country, to ours. Like, we're so much bigger and better than you and stuff." And I was like, "I'm just talking about landmass, like, uh, yeah, yeah." So that was that was interesting. So there's a bit of that. Um, and then I had a I had a graduate, so I was a senior, and you like you kind of train these graduates at the beginning. And he was telling, we we're talking about just like uni and stuff like that. And he's like, "Yeah, like in your countries, you don't pay for uni. It's just like that just shows you're a loser country." <laughs> Okay. Like, I was like, I was like, okay, how? Um, and he's like, well, you know, you pay to get to university, and then like you're better than the people who can't get to university. And I was, I was like, well, can't society only walk as a whole as fast as the slowest person? So, increasing the education across the population will actually make society as a whole yeah. better. But he was just not having it, like not having a bit of it. Right, so, like um, you can't be wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just not what they're used to. But um, yeah, so there's a bit of that there that was kind of funny. Um, but there are a lot of a lot of people not like that. A lot of people have never left their hometown. I noticed that a lot. A lot yes. of people grew up in America and they're 30 and they've never left the state or they've been to one major city. And you can just you can just feel their differences, huh? Like the way yeah. they talk, the way they. Like not not just ha- like what they're saying when they talk, but like they don't they don't compare the two differences. And I find that a big thing as well. Like if you don't travel around the world, or maybe even just leave your state, like you don't really appreciate 
how good things are where you are or whatnot. I mean, you probably have noticed something like that when you went to Thailand. Like, you've probably been to, like, areas where it was, like, kind of poverty, and you're like, oh, man, mm. fuck, Australia is actually really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not, another thing, actually, mentioning that, that in America, people hustle different. Like, you go into a toilet or a bathroom, and there'll be someone there who will get you a hand towel and give you a mint or whatever, and he's not even, like, an employee. He's just in there. Just doing whatever it takes to make a dollar. Yes, yes, I forget about those. But like, it just people over there will go. No, you know what? I would like. I would do it. I will go and earn money. I will get money, however I have to. Yeah. And you just don't have the same thing in Australia. Like, very entitled country. Yes, very true. And that's it, crazy about that too, because it's like not only are they making you know that small amount of change in like even that in that scenario where they're in the toilet mm. but they're they're also networking mm. so it's like who goes to the toilet everybody goes to the toilet you can be a ceo of something you can be elon musk you can be a homeless person it doesn't matter like where you stand on the on the, the spectrum you got to go to the toilet one way mm. or another so like you being in there hustling like he's that person probably doesn't even need to be in there that long you know what i mean mm. in terms of like because you think to yourself oh you're only making an hour uh, a dollar per person if that you know sometimes someone might just get that right place right time opportunity and next thing you know they're working for amazon or some you know you know what i'm saying yeah and it's australia is kind of in a way where like, you got to do things a certain way and then it'll end up that way like right you'll, you'll be successful but it's yeah. not you need you need to really you need to stand out you need to and it just everyone just kind of goes with the flow, right? So, yeah, there's this thing over here that got t- called tall poppy syndrome. Have you heard that? Tall poppy syndrome. I I I've heard of it, but I don't know what it means. So it's a very Australian thing, and I th- I think the origins of it are we were like the the white population who settled here, not the original yeah. Australians. They were majority convicts. Okay. So there is this culture of, you know, everyone likes someone when they're the same as them or when they're up and coming. But as soon as someone makes it and is popular, they're like, oh, no, chop them down. Like, chop down the tall flower. All the flowers can be the same height. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that kind of, like, thing in Australia. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of lingo in Australia that even though I know what it means, it still makes no sense. Like the biggest one that blew me away is like Bob's your uncle. It's like, <laughs> what? It's like, nah, my uncle's name is Bill. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like how, how the hell did that come to play? Do you, do you even know anything of that kind of stuff or? No, I don't even know that. Like that one is, is here. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know that one's background. Or, or the other one is, uh, and I, and I always say it wrong. Like, what is it? Fed income or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, like, what the hell does that mean? Fair dinkum. It's like, oh, I should really know this. Like, yeah. See, when people say it to me, like, yeah, fair dinkum is like, when I hear it, it sounds like you're making a fair income. Like, yeah, I am making a good <laughs> solid buck, you know? <laughs> no, like, fair dinkum, it's like, are you, like, are you serious, I guess? I guess that would be the way it is. Some, oh, okay. Like, you told me something crazy. Oh, fair dinkum. Oh, got you, got you. It's yeah. like someone saying, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, or like, like, 
yeah you, are you serious kind of thing i guess yeah that's a bad one I'm, i should know this i should know a lot more of these <laughs> things no man because no one really talks about it unless you're like that real like mm. countryside australian that's like only use that terminology like everyone else is more like internationally vocal now like they you know everyone kind of mingles with different kind of cultures so what other ones have you heard really interesting um let me think now like those are the those those are the only two that really always pop up in my head like because it's it's, it's said quite frequently to me so it's kind of like yeah uh, what also I, I don't really get is like how everything's abbreviated. <laughs> like every single word needs to be abbreviated. And then the small words are extended. And um, <laughs> so like, oh God, let me get a good example. Like, um, so like if, 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 if uh, for instance, my name. So if my name is Pedro, most people want to call me P, okay? Or, or P or something that's, that's shorter. Or if I'm talking like, oh yeah, like the the security guard is blah blah, blah they call him a seki, okay? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell's a seki? You know what I mean? It sounds like a sucky, <laughs> and you're like, no, nah, that ain't right. <laughs> but I don't um, want this. I don't want this from you. Yeah. <laughs> but then like something that's like, like uh, the word wow, it's like wowza. It's like yeah. What? Like how does this, how does this, a long word become a small word, and then a small word can't be a smaller word. It has to be a long word, like. That's the thing that kind of blows me away is the everything needs to be abbreviated. I think it, I think I, I've never really thought about it too much, but I guess it would come from the fact that we speak English and like a lot of the, the English speaking originals from Australia, we're like not really welcome in England. Oh, okay. So we're like, so, screw you guys. We're making our own language. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically hey man if it makes sense you know what i'm saying like <laughs> don't don't knock on it yeah. um but speaking about partners and we were talking about this at the game yesterday yeah and because because this is obviously not going to be aired until way after i hope so you you had you had you had a little announcement you were going to make so you, you said you had a girlfriend right so what's so yeah. what's what's so significant about her about chelsea oh yeah yeah you what were you what would you say you're about to do well, yeah, about to go down to Tasmania, and uh-huh. uh, that's where she's from. That's where her family's from. Yeah. And so I've kind of planned to have like a surprise. Hopefully, hopefully she hasn't picked it. Proposal down there. Hey, my guy. So what you? So what? What's your? What's your plan? Like how? How do you envision this? This perfect marriage proposal in your head? Because you know, most of the time. The way you plan in your head is not how it goes because, like, the last minute changes. The weather is now crap or whatever. Like, how, how do you see it going <laughs> well, down? It was, well, because she's from Tasmania, the main reason I want to do it down there is because she loves and misses her family so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had um, one of my other close mates, actually, and my uh, sister's now husband. They proposed yeah. in situations where they could then go celebrate with the family. Right, and I was like, I need to do that because there'd be nothing worse than proposing to Chelsea, and then her going, "Hey, mom, look, I'm engaged. See you in six months." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's got this location down there called Eagles Nest Retreat in Tasmania. Okay. And it's in like a more quiet part of Tas, yeah. and it's got really picturesque views of Mount Roland. 
Yeah, so okay. she's been talking about that for ages. So then I, I started saving for the ring, and I was like, oh, if I do it down there, wouldn't it be great if we do it at Eagle's Nest Retreat? So I saved uh... up, and I got that. And then so the plan is to, I, I bought it in her mother's name. So then her mother's going to give us a gift voucher, like the day of. And then we'll just go there. And then, I know, see how long I last before I actually take the knee once we're there kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, like, so, okay, so right now right now we have the, the location, right? So you're, you're, you're in this location. Do you have, like, an idea of, like, you know, are you going to have food there? Are you going to have, like, a picnic vibe? Or are you just kind of walking in, like, like talking about, um the area that she's always wanted to kind of be at or loves the most like what what kind of activity are you going to be doing to build up to actually get into the moment to get on the knee well so the view there is pretty incredible and there's actually a spa right outside there Mm -hmm. so the idea is we will get there mid-afternoon have some wine check out maybe go for a little walk around where the main mountain is. Yeah. Then from there, I've actually got one of the things they do there is they have chefs come to looks well, like a house kind of thing. They okay. come and cook for you in the house. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Depends on what time they get there. If I can maybe get her to get changed and get like have a shower and get ready kind of thing. Right. And then we so she'll be all thinking we're going out, but then all of a sudden shit. There's a chef coming here to cook for us tonight. But yeah, so then we'll go out and have a walk as like, like just before then around six o'clock ish or something. Oh, you got um, the time down too. I like where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think, you know, it'll be about 7.30 ish kind of thing. Yeah. And then so it'll be, yeah, it'll be hopefully happen then. And then, yeah, we're going to this really nice dinner together and we'll be eating dinner and the sun will be setting because in Tasmania, sun doesn't set till eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why is that? Is that just like a normal thing or is it just because it's so down south? Uh, look, day, daylight savings up here in Queensland, they don't change the clock. Whereas oh, up yeah, there, yeah. down there, they move they move it forward. And there's that combination with the days getting longer in summer. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you're going to do it after you guys have had dinner and stuff like that? Oh, no, before. Before, because I think... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you said first when you said it. Hmm. That's it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Does she have? Does she have like a favorite food, like a dessert or something like that? Uh, she likes a lot of food, <laughs> but um, she loves salmon. She really loves salmon and also steak. So um, there's a couple of chefs you can pick from. But I pick from ones that have both of those things. Oh, nice. You yeah. should almost have it where like, whatever she says, like he was like, "Oh, do you want to have salmon or steak or something like that?" She's like, "Oh, I'm really feeling salmon," and then you order steak. <laughs> so then yeah. it's like it's like you can you can like oh you should really try a bite of this steak you know what I mean and it's like she gets the both of them <laughs> yeah well that's it they've, they've got options along the way with the entrees and the mains and stuff like that so I basically get two picks at each menu at each um at each one but uh knowing her her favorite meal will be whatever I'm eating so she'll want a bit of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> is there something that she doesn't like uh, oh, good question. I know, I don't, 
don't really focus on those things but um oh, man. <laughs> if you're gonna get married you gotta focus on those things from what i've heard <laughs> yeah well, all i know like food wise i just think the things that she likes we kind of just focus on those but yeah that's good. i don't even know what food she doesn't like oh, there might not there might not be one to be honest yeah <laughs> you should next time you next time you talk to her make sure you ask that be like you know what i just had this weird thought because i'm at home cooking and blah 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 and i was like well for starters what food do you not like yeah oh me oh, yeah seafood <laughs> but you but you eat salmon no i don't eat salmon i have calamari i usually have fish fillets oh like try prawns and stuff like that but like um, oysters and stuff like that scratch it yeah, well, she usually gets to eat all of them, which she's happy about. She loves ah. oysters too. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm. Interesting, I, interesting. Like, I'll eat it if like, people are cooking it, but I don't go out of my way. Yeah, like you prefer not to. Yeah, I don't know, just it's slimier and saltier, and they're just not flavors <laughs> I enjoy. Yeah, that makes sense. And you yeah. kind of have that. For, like if you don't eat something like that, you'll have that aftertaste in your mouth of like, oh man, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. Do you yeah. do you drink? Do you drink alcohol? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what uh what 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 what's your normal go to? Like a liquor or a beer? When I was younger, it was a lot more liquor. And, um, <laughs> when you can handle the hangovers? No, I, I still handle the hangovers a little bit too well. Um but uh now I'm more into wine, like Oh, okay. Yeah, um, you know, like, because you can, you can drink a lot of beer and you feel full and this and that, but you can have, you can have a wine which has a lot more flavor to it. And yeah. you can have less of it and get the same effect. Oh, okay, which is yeah. great. So like, you feel healthier in a way? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, because if you, the problem with the wine is if you have a couple cups too many, a lot more effect. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, you can get like you can go out to a nice dinner, have some nice food, and then you can have like a couple wines, and yeah. together, and it it gets you to a real good spot just before you go home. <laughs> is there is there a certain wine brand that you go for? Oh, good question. Um, I don't go too crazy, although I might have a little look into something for Tasmania, something a little bit nicer. But usually, I just stick to like Grant Burge. Um, he does a couple every, everything I've had from it from that place is great yeah yeah and they and just it, do and it's red or, red or white or it doesn't matter typically red what's the me. difference between the two like if you had white yeah so um one they can be had at different temperatures they're stored at different temperatures but primarily they come from different grape so all of the um wines they are all named they all come from a different berry okay yeah, so, um, and then those berries, typically these different berries can be grown in different climates around the world. Yeah. So, they're like you, like Sunshine Coast don't have very many wine, wines because the climate's not great for it. But um, there's certain places where like a Shiraz is really good, like South, South Australian Barossa, it's great. And, yeah. um, but then there's other grapes that don't grow as well there also. So, um, yeah, it comes down to the soil in each location, the environment, and then the grape. Oh, okay. I guess there's a whole bunch of factors into it. And do you find that, like, so obviously you like the the red wine. Do you find that there's a certain food that only the white wine works with? 
Oh, I, I see. I've never done too much pairing, but that'll be great. I would really like. To, I would like to do that because there are some things I noticed that if I have something that's quite acidic, yeah,、um, and then I have like a Shiraz or a Cab Sab with it, yeah, it doesn't taste very good because there's just too much of the same flavor. So there,、uh. there, there is actually an art to doing it. Like if you have anything with chorizo in it, and then you go for a quite acidic wine, yeah,、um, you. It it just doesn't doesn't mix well, and you're like, oh, this doesn't this tastes different to what I'm used to.、Oh. So there's um yeah there, there's there's a definite art to it. That's uh that's interesting. I've never I've never really heard the breakdown of how you just broke it down because normally when I hear it, it's just kind of like you know you just hear pretty much what people Google, you know,、yeah. like yes, this wine works good with that. It's like, well, why does it work good with that? Don't ask that kind of question. Just take it yourself and try it out. You、yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, what? <laughs> yeah, and and the hard thing is, like, I know when I was younger, I would only ever have wine when it was free. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're at an event, and it's like, oh, beer and wine only. Like, oh, let's try a wine, and it's like really cheap and not great. Yeah. But then when you actually try something with a bit of substance, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Do you find that it's also a lot cheaper to drink wine than other? Beer and liquor, or do you find that it's the same pricing depending on what you're going for, or well, in yeah, terms you, of finances? Oh yeah, you you can scale it, and it can be much more expensive, not easily. Because <laughs> if you get a bottle of wine, you have it between two or three people. You get like maybe two, three glasses each, kind of thing. But yeah, one glass of wine can put you in a really good spot or a bad spot depending on the person. And you、oh, can get,、okay. and you can spend twenty bucks and get like a, quite a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, you think a good one can last a lot longer, or you think a a good wine makes it go faster? Well, yeah, if it's a good wine, you more. I think this is the other thing that with wine, it's different to other drinks. Is it something that you share a lot more? I、yeah. guess whiskey would be kind of similar. Like, oh my god, this whiskey is great! Like, have some. Or like,、yeah. if if we we um, I live with a couple other people at the moment, and、uh, if we have a good wine, first thing we do is put it in everyone else's glass too. Yeah, so it, it does disappear quickly if it's a good one. Yeah, and what's the、yeah. most expensive wine you'd say you've ever gotten? Hmm. Well, my like I've gotten for myself. Well, or for someone, just like in general, like what's like what、uh, is it? What's an expensive wine that even if you gave it away as a gift, you're like, I know this is a great wine, or well, something yeah, along I, that line. Yeah, well, I actually haven't given away too many like really expensive ones. But、um, <laughs> you're like, I drink the wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like you, because usually if you sit around like that twenty five thirty dollar range, you can get someone get someone something quite good. Yeah. But um, I know that when it was my one of my best friends, he got engaged last December. Yeah. Well, I think it was December, but um, we got him a bottle of Moët Chandon, but that's um, champagne. Oh, okay. Yeah, that gets up. That's like seventy bucks or something like that, just for the bottle. Jesus. And what's funny is, like, most people who would probably listen to this, they're gonna be like, seventy bucks? That's nothing. Like, <laughs> I buy a case of beer, and that thing is like sixty bucks, and I buy five of them. It's like, yeah, well, you know, the quantity amount is also drastically different. <laughs> yeah, one one has like ten standard drinks and like six or seven or maybe eight glasses if you're lucky. The other one has twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can scale it crazy, man. There are there are wines out there that get ridiculously expensive. Is there、um, a wine in your head that you've always wanted to try out? Uh, well, 
Um, I've never really got had too many Penfolds. Penfolds is quite a big, big brand, and they they have do like obviously all levels of price. But they've got a couple of bins, and they've got some really nice ones. Yeah. Too, and they can get up to like a thousand bucks, I think. What? Yeah. What's the cheapest one? Oh, probably like ten, fifteen. Oh, okay. It's like a the biggest ballpark range you can think of, like thousand <laughs> yeah. bucks. Would you? Well, well, shoot, a proposal, a marriage proposal. I mean, like, shoot, that's kind of like worth a thousand bucks. Hell no! I, I, I've always thought about like maybe like going eighty to hundred and getting something like quite nice just for us that night. But uh, yeah, even even that, I was like, oof. But um. <laughs> Yeah, they they can they can definitely get up there. And you know one thing that's crazy about those wines is What's that? the year the year makes a difference. Remember I was talking about environment and stuff like that, right? You yeah. could get a bottle of Grange, which is like a really expensive, it's like one of the thousand dollar wines, right? Yeah. But a two thousand and sixteen, I don't know if these this is right, but I know that there's different years that are that are better, but like a two thousand and sixteen Grange could be worth more than like a two thousand and thirteen because the environment that year might have catered to creating a better grape, which and fermentation process and all kind of other stuff. That's interesting because normally, from like an uneducated standpoint, it's always been the longer it sits, the better it is. Yeah. So there's there's so much with it in in regards to that, which is really interesting. And uh, I, I always thought, it was, oh, yeah, it's just red wine or whatever. But then you learn it's actually it's quite simple, but then like the parts that go into it but so much detail goes into each thing because yeah. if something's simple you got to do each of those simple things huh so right yeah and like when did you make the drastic change from from wine to i mean from from uh, beer and liquor to to wine like what like what was it before uh, you met your partner was it way before like what 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 drastic change because like I find that with a lot of uh, men as well when they get into that out, pretty much out of your party mode of growth to, to start drinking wine like was there a certain age that you just said you know what I think I'm I think I'm a wine guy well I people like my mom drinks a lot of wine my dad used to drink a lot a lot, lot of wine and then my partner really likes it and a few other friends and then they're like why don't you give it a sh- give it a shot like you know like yeah it's different and then i was like well i don't even and i re- kind of realized it got older like i don't not like wine i just have only had poor quality wine um, yeah. and then so as i got older i was like starting to get into a lot more like cheese and stuff like that and so um and then it's like you know cheese and wine is like certain go to yeah, and like certain flavors of cheese and wines just go together really well. It's like maybe I should give this a shot, and um, yeah. And then I started, and then I was like, okay, cool. And then like you, you have you have one type of wine, then you have another type. You're like, oh, there's a lot of different types, and then you got your blends, and then so you, you start like just being just inquisitive and googling a little bit, and then you, you like there's scene, and then like it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and it's funny because like I'm a little bit older. I'm 32. And I have a lot of friends my age and friends with kids as well. All of them are quite young, like below the age of two. Yeah. But um, we have this thing called Wine Club now. Oh, nice. uh, Yeah. So we get together and we'll all bring a bottle kind of thing and stuff. And then we'll all just drink it and play games. And it, um, 
<laughs> it gets sometimes it gets pretty great. I don't know, crazy, but yeah, it's like you, like you're you try, all wind out. <laughs> oh, uh, everyone's just really drunk and playing games. There's people playing games, they're getting into it, and it's, it's yeah, it's like yeah, it's just a bit different. But uh, I can yeah. I can see you guys playing like beer pong with wine, like you oh, know what I mean? Like trouble. yeah, right? Like I could just like when I, when you said games, I I instantly thought of like you know card games or like mm. um, category or something like more mm. with your brain, but just like the party you was like, dude, just can you imagine if they brought a bottle of wine and played beer pong? It's like <laughs> you die, you like, would die because it's like fourteen percent alcohol. It's like. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot stronger, and the reason why everyone gets so drunk is like, okay, one person will be drinking a bit quicker, and then they'll be like, oh, can we try this next? Are we gonna try this next wine yet? And they're like, oh crap! So they'll just the finish their game. last bit, finish that last bit, so they can try the new one. <laughs> yeah. Do you find Do you find the wine? What do you call What do you call them? Your, your events? Wine what? Wine club. Wine club. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of wine library. You You heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? No, is that? I'll, I'll I'll um I'll I'll connect you not like personally. He's a he's a really well known guy in the, like in the states, and he started his business off working for his father in in a wine store or an alcohol store, and uh, he's really really into wine, like a wine connoisseur or whatever. But he called this thing called the wine library, and it's just like whatever you need to know about wine. It's in this area, so I haven't I haven't researched it because I haven't met anyone as like into wine as yourself. <laughs> but uh, but I'll I'll when I I'll find the library rather than giving you his I'll give you his name, but I'll, I'll also try to find the library and then you can kind of go into it and 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 work what you can work out of it. But um um oh man I totally forgot the question because I'm like, now I'm thinking to myself like oh, I got to get this guy's into this this wine library so he can get, <laughs> so he can get going you know so he can try out all these stuff send but, along uh, and we'll get you to a wine club sometime and you can you can taste something have some fun oh no doubt no doubt you know it's crazy though because like i'm one of those guys that you said to yourself earlier like i probably only had cheap wine and i'm like dude wine is awful like it just <laughs> tastes like alcoholic water in my mind because I've only had crap wine, so it's one of those yeah. things. It's like, uh, um, yeah. So pretty much moving away from alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had a couple questions left before, you know, kind of got you rolling away, stuff like that. We were we were talking about we were talking about foods, right? And you you were kind of talking around like the marriage kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for yourself, being here in the Sunshine Coast, or you know, even. Um, New South Wales anywhere or even Tasmania and stuff like that where is a good place like either it's a restaurant or a fast food or an in and out that you are like really impressed with in terms of like if you had to pick your your best place to go and never let you down like where would that be the place in Uluba and it's part of like a bigger group now it's called Rice Boy oh yeah um, yeah have you been to Rice Boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that's really good about Rice Boy is their food comes out, like, really quick. And it's cheap and it's always good. Like, you never go out there going, oh, that was all right. Like, it's amazing. And then so the guy who did that runs a Greek restaurant called, like, Spiro, which is you know, the same loca- similar location. 
then he's opened Giddy Geisha and now he's got something else in Palmwoods. And yeah, um, like you, you can go definitely to more high end and fancier places. But um, yeah, there's certain that, things that you go to. Oh yeah, whenever, like whenever, whenever like, I got a new job or when like me and Chell signed like a building contract for our house and stuff. Like whenever it's a celebration or something, it's like oh, we're going to Rice Boy and Chelsea's, yep. get, Chelsea's getting the braised beef, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, the coconut beef. Sorry, yeah, any beef there is good. Mm. The, the whole I I remember uh, going with a group of people and they all got different uh, things on the menu and we kind of did like a share kind of thing, you know, mm. like uh, pick off each other's plates and like I don't recall one thing being like oh this actually tastes like crap. Like, it was actually all like, oh, wow, that's good. Oh, was that vegan? Wow, that was delicious. Oh, is that normal? So, you good. Um, but, yeah, that's quite interesting. What about, what about during the, the daytime? Like, let's say you're going for lunch and something like that. Like, Rice Boy, to me, personally, has a dinner theme. Yeah. So, like, so like if you had to break down, like, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like, what would be a lunch place that you thought of that was like, oh, this is actually quite nice, and then, like, a breakfast place? A lunch place? Damn. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's, I, I would say there's not many, but you know, if you think of one, well, one place that we used to go is um, it's up at Sunshine Beach. It's called Embassy XO. Embassy XO. Yeah, and they they do like yum cha and stuff. It's quite nice, but on weekends it's half price for lunch. So um, <laughs> it's because you quite... always find those bargains. Yeah, I'm gonna count it. You know. So. <laughs> Everything's everything's element element of cost, yeah. Because you, yeah. you can go to some places. We actually went to another place in Malabar, which is was quite a bit more expensive, and we got the food. And we're like, oh, like wasn't it worth it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm accountant, accountant, but I think price is a very interesting thing. Um, yeah. For example, if you have a business and you have the price low and you might have the price low for a multitude of different reasons, people will associate quality with price. Mm. And if they see something that costs more, they're like, oh, this, look, it's expensive there. Like, we should try it. Imagine how good it's going to be. And it's not, right. always, not always indicative of, of what it is, but people just associate, associate price with quality. It's very interesting. I believe that too. Um, you know, kind of going away from the breakfast one we will talk about that in a second but reflecting on what you're saying now because i i actually have a a, like a thought in my head too because like i do personal training as you know and my the average price of a personal trainer training somebody is anywhere between 30 dollars an hour and like let's say 60 to 70 okay Mm -hmm. well i charge 90 dollars an hour right and people Mm -hmm. every time they see it they're like Jesus, like you are extremely expensive. And then I always think to myself, I was like, I hope so because I put in a lot of effort in my thought process of, of doing something that I just don't want to make sure it's boring. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope like, and I'm not trying to have you learn this process to call me back tomorrow. I want you to learn this process that you never have to call me again because you have all the information to do what you need to do to move forward and um and so yes i kind of thought about that right when you were talking about uh, price and quality it's like i was like man i I should get this guy to come in to do um 
you know, you know, PLC. You ever heard of PLC? Yeah. So like, yeah. So I, I, I work there as like a side contractor in a way, and I've been running their classes, and I all I've been hearing about is like positive feedback about the the style that I, I train. And to me, it's not nothing different. It's just mm. kind of like me, just you know, just doing you, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh man, like what's crazy is like PLC gets well. I mean, the one I'm at, they only get paid thirty dollars for the hour. Mm-hmm. Like I'm basically cutting my quality in thirds. And I yeah. Was like you know what I'm saying. And then I was like, was well, it even worth me being here? And then like me being me, I'm like, well, look at the positives. Like you're networking, you're yeah. meeting new crowds. You know what I mean? Like, don't look at it as a as a money standpoint. Look at it as like the extra sixty dollars is like meeting new people and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I gotta get Lewis into this gym so that we can do a train session. Like, what's funny is like, I, it's not a one on one. I'm not training you. You just happen to be in the group that's going through the circuit, and I just look at whatever you do, and I'm like, hey, check this out, man. If you did this in this kind of manner, you might get better results. And then you do it, and you're like, holy shit, that was way harder. It's like awesome like keep that up you know what i mean yeah and well, so well one of the other things like plc is reasonably successful right yeah well i mean i did no research on them they just called me for a job interview with, <laughs> that i didn't apply for and so i was like uh, okay but yeah like just the the thought of them is pretty successful i think it's it's just, it depends on the owner because there's multiple yeah. owners different owners so but yeah in general yeah they are pretty successful and they they do a good job with their advertising and everything like that yeah and their involvement with people online and all those kind of things and you know all that group training is you know not luxury but it's like premium cost to yeah. get in there so e- even though like you, you can look at things as like and this is one thing that's, that's a lot of people find hard is like you can look at it as the benefit you get now but you can also, when you go in there, okay, how are they getting the people in? Like, I think we've mentioned before, like, what's the value proposition? What mm-hmm. is it that's making people pay more to go there? Right. Because if you can establish those business practices and develop that kind of thing, you've already got the actual running of the classes fine. And at that, and with every business and anyone creating any form of skill, the actual technical ability becomes not as important once once it starts growing. It's about your ability to teach other people to continue making your vision happen when you're not there. Right, right. And that's when the scale happens. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's um yeah. A lot of business a lot of businesses have that kind of concept as well. Like mm-hmm. I remember someone asking me, and I don't even know if it was you or it could have been someone else, but they asked me, they're like can you can you teach someone to do exactly what you're doing right now? And the first like the like the honest answer in my head was no because what I what I do is not a teaching thing. Like it's it's like an energy thing. Like I, I use my energy to 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 use and and kind of bring in and stuff like that. But then I thought about it, it's like, well, like you can't teach someone how to use their energy then you know you're not a good teacher or a coach or whatever and so it's like oh i guess the real answer is yes i can teach someone to do it's like well once you figure out how then you're gonna be how you were saying like in a more successful manner of of scaling yeah well you're not limited by your time because if it's 
if it's not something that someone else can do. Like you, everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's then I guess it it kind of becomes different then. Like it's also the training, but then like the energy and the motivation and that kind of turns into like a like a mindset thing. Oh, so, big time. And that's where things kind of get cool. Like I, I um like there was one quite successful guy. He's kind of, kind of gotten a bit weird now, but his name's like Elliot Hulse. Elliot Hulse? I'm not sure if you heard of him. Uh, let me write his name down, okay? Because uh, Elliot, like E-L-L-I-O-T, I think. Maybe one or two Ts. But yeah, um, yeah so he What's his last name? Hulse? H-U-L-S-E. And he okay. ran this strength camp in um, Miami, I think it was. Yeah. And it started, and he was like powerlifter and all that kind of stuff but then it was also that and then the mindset and he was like he used to do all these videos and he really broke it down into such simple things and like being in control of your mind and you know like you don't necessarily need pre-workout you just need to breathe really deep and then you need to yell and just get like use what's inside you naturally and then things like that move into confidence and using motivation and like a plan like just for your workout and then applying that to your life. Like, right. Because all any skill is, is persistent effort. You've put in persistent effort for enough time to develop a skill. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, so it's, that's where it, it kind of gets interesting and you, it becomes more than just the workout. It becomes about the way you look at life. And right. Yeah, a lot of people are quite negative and you've got that positivity about you. Like, no, cut the bullshit. Like, we're doing this. Like, don't let these thoughts creep in your mind. You're going to hit this jump shot. You're going to hit these, both of these free throws. Right, but right. As soon as people start <laughs> ripping those shackles off, not just their workout. Like, because it's, it's not just a PB. It's not someone getting a game high. It's someone believing in themselves kind of thing. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he has like, he had these his camps grew into all these different things where it was like a group of like-minded men who were helping each other progress. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cause then, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It flow into all these different things. It's yeah. So that, I thought that was kind of interesting how he really made it something more. And that's where his scale came. His scale came in programs that weren't involved training, but they were awesome. Mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am a firm believer of, uh, of like how the mind works and stuff like that. Like trying to hurry up and there's there's a saying that uh, um, a baseball coach taught me. So I was a really good hitter, and this one game I struck out four times. Everyone else was teeing off on this guy, getting a hit, and I struck out all four times. And all I could I was just fighting it, and then the next day I was fighting it, and we're not even playing baseball anymore, and I'm fighting it. And he goes, um, sooner rather than later. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, he's like, you need to get over your issue sooner rather than later. He goes, when you get married or when you have kids and your daughter gets married, are you going to think about these four strikeouts? And I was like, no. He goes, well, then why think about them now? He's like, just think of it, get rid of it sooner rather than later. Or like do the action that you're scared of sooner rather than later and stuff like that. It's like, oh, wow. That's kind of a, an eye opener. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, that was, that was cool. So, so what, what made you get into accounting? Oh, pretty boring, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know what? The boring stories are normally like the best ones in a way. (laughs) Well, 
the two things I'm passionate about is world uh, music and sport. And then um, as I was getting older, I kind of realized that those two things. <laughs> I can't well, sing. <laughs> well, 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 not even that. Like I was, I w- I wanted to work in in those industries, not necessarily be the product. Yep. But even those, I felt, I was like, well, music's really struggling with like, you know, everyone's just download music. Now, this is long before streaming and everything like that. Oh, um, yeah. Like music, music's really struggling to generate revenue, and that creates jobs. And same thing with sport. Like, you could like, it's really hard just to kind of like everyone would love to be a personal trainer or a physio for for a um for a sports team, or everyone oh, yeah. everyone would love to be a journalist, and um. Yeah, so I decided, I was like, okay, well, what jobs am I going to do? When it came down to three, and um, one of them was one, be a sparky, because I thought that would be like the most interesting trade that I found I would like. See, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you go to two, there we go again, all right? We got got Australian lingo in the house. What (laughs) the fuck is a sparky? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all thinking to myself, like, like like Sonic the Hedgehog or something like that. I'm like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> An electrician. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. See, like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, if I, pull me up, it's fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one I had was to be a journalist because I feel like if I ever get into something, I get incredibly passionate and I just, like even I'm not even really that into wine, but all of a sudden I'm I'm learning about these random things that I find it interesting. Um, yeah. uh, but then same thing, journalism is cutthroat as all hell. Um, really, really difficult. And then the third one was like, like say like a safe like finance slash accounting job because there's those jobs kind of stay regardless of you know how the economy is going. Yeah. So um. So yeah, I went to university to see if I could get into university and uh, the subject I picked were business and I think mathematics and then I got a good enough grade to get in and I got I was like okay and I was, then from there I was like okay let's do this accounting thing mm. um, yeah so you have to take a test to get into college well no, well I um I didn't get very good grades out of high school so I couldn't go to college straight away Oh, okay. so um, so yeah. Then I think I was like twenty, twenty-one, and I did like a pathways program. Uh, I can't remember it's called. It's like a, a program for people who didn't get enough grades to have them basically try again. But did you graduate high school? Yeah. So, like, what 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 you mean by you weren't good in high school? Like, like what kind of gr- like were you averaging like D's and C's and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't know what they they equal, but my numbers were. I think my lowest grade was fifty seven, and my highest grade was seventy one. But most of them sat between like a, the low sixties range. And um, oh yeah, yeah, that's that that's that DC range for sure. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Like I uh, I didn't put very much effort in. And then um, yeah, I got better grades at university and high and then I did at high school. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, because now you 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 have a, a, a direction. Yeah, like you knew what you oh, were doing now. Hundred percent, and it costs money. <laughs> so it yeah, not, yeah, not straight away. But um, but I uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm here for a purpose. Like, this is gonna take waste, not waste my time, but take up my time. I need it. Yeah, get somewhere just, with it. 
just reflecting just really briefly i got another question about your accounting um you know we were talking about quantity for the price mm-hmm. what what about free free um like the price is free like you get you gave something for free do you instantly think it's shit mm. no no because no one nothing is ever free <laughs> number one because the value would just not be monetary okay yeah because someone learning about your product or whatever or getting a taste of it or seeing how it works like you're 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 basically getting ex- exposure and so yeah. like a, a big company that's got all the exposure and everyone knows their name they don't give anything away for free because they don't need to right but the companies that are up and coming they need to get their name they need to get their brand recognition and stuff like that so yeah that's always the way it is and if anything's free it's only for a short term or um and it's only very limited quality quantity yeah yeah. Only, only the top few can get it. Yeah, because I thought about that as well. Because I was like, I always like giving stuff away for free, and I mean, mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, like for instance, I bought, I went to Kmart one day, and I bought about three hundred dollars worth of like fitness equipment, gaming toys, like active stuff, and I was <laughs> gonna do this thing called Free Shit Friday. Every Friday, I was going to do a drawing and give something away for free, you know, and I thought to myself it was going to be really cool until, A, no one really engaged in it because I didn't pretty advertise it well. And then, B, the free stuff I gave to people, they're like, oh, I don't want it. Like, you can give it to someone else. Like, what? Why did you even join the the drawing then? It's like, oh, well, I just wanted to support you. It's like, oh, well, I mean, then support me by taking this free product. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was just one of those things where I just, you know, you, you just question it like, oh, was this a good idea or was was that not worth it? But, yeah, well, it, you're only going to know by trial and error because, and, that, and that's the hard thing. Um, but there's, there's, I, I would really just recommend almost looking at it as an experiment, like really yeah. experiment with price and the different offerings and because sometimes what sticks might not be what you expect to. And, um, yeah, true. Here's a radical example. I um, used to live at Pridgian Beach and they have a market there. Yeah. And they had this juice truck. And with the juice truck, it says, pick your price. Right? Hmm. So, um, and that's, you might sound crazy at first. Like, they're going to take it all for free. But no one wants to see them like they're tired of right? <laughs> yeah. So we went there and we got this juice and they said, taste it. And then tell me what you think it's worth. And then you can pay for it. And then immediately, everyone asks, how much does everyone else pay for it? And they say, most people pay us between 7 and $10. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it costs them to make that juice? Like 50 cents? Mm-hmm. And then by saying most people pay us 7 to 10 most people might pay them 7 to 10 because they say it. But then you've created this precedence where there is no price. This is what most people pay. Do you want to be like most people or do you want to be different? Right. And, and different. I was like, and then like, I was like, we should, I was like, Chell, we're not, we're not doing this. Chell was like, everyone pays $7. We don't want to be the dicks. We don't want to offend <laughs> And we both paid like so much for these juices. And I tasted it. I was like, it wasn't that. It it's didn't, just normal juice. It didn't taste that great. But I was like, I can't. 
I feel like rude to say something. Nah, this juice sucks. See ya. Yeah, this juice is free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this juice. Is, I didn't really like it. Like, yeah, it's it's funny, but I thought that was a re- really interesting because and the the different ranges and what they get. Like, they would effectively get what a market rate is by finding out what everyone does. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so there's. I'm not saying do that, but um, just think about unique ways that you can do it. Yeah. Because, you know, like even something as simple as a tip kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like, did you enjoy the session? Like, if you feel like if you really enjoy it and you feel like it was worth a bit more, like, or Venmo me this or whatever. Yo, that's a great idea, especially for like how PLC does their, um, you know, they're always on the social media stuff. Like, they even mm. try to have us as PTs. You know, mm-hmm. constantly record for for like Instagram posts and Facebook posts, and mm-hmm. I I had to come up to my own agreement. Like, hey man, this is like belittling my PT efforts that I'm supplying to these people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm diminishing the quality, so I can't do the the recording all the time. So don't be mad if I don't put it up. But having that kind of like you know a tip of like you know what what did you find in today's class that you you know, was was good or something like that, like almost like a Q and A. But uh, do you feel it was worth more than the other classes you've been for? Been to? Yes, yes, yeah, something like that. Exactly like that. Because people will eventually go there. Like, there's this. Oh, I've totally forgotten his name. But there's there's this guy who runs a barbershop in Maroochydore, and he started at this place called the Men's Room. Oh, yeah. it's in Malulaba. But he started at the Maroochydore, and he had he was an employee, and he had that many people going there to his classes. Oh, not his classes. He's he's like wanting to get him to cut the hair. So all the other barbers still had people, but there were people would wait in line for that person. Like, where is the demand? There is the demand with the plate company or is it with the employee? Yeah, employee. So eventually, someone said to him, "Dude, like you've got you are propping you are the star here. Right? Here's some money to start your own place." Oh. And then he started his own place, and then he had one, then he had two, and then I think it got to a point where he eventually scaled out, and he wasn't really cutting that much anymore himself. But um, yeah, like they were still like, going because it's him. Yeah, they were, they were going for that person. Like that's in essence that's the value. But that's the pr- proposition you can hold up. You can say to them like, you know, do you do you value this session more than the sessions that you do? Otherwise, yeah. yeah. And, and if you do, so would you pay more for this than doing that? Yeah. Oh, Some, interesting. Sometimes it's about applying logic. It's really, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, because I've seen one. I've seen one that said, um, and you may have seen this one as well. To buy a watermelon, it's like one watermelon is ten dollars. I mean, sorry, three watermelons <laughs> is ten dollars. One watermelon is three dollars. And then mm. this guy, he goes over there and he's like, this guy's an idiot. So he buys three individual watermelons that came <laughs> out to $9. And he's like, see, you're not a good businessman. And he's like, well, you never had any intentions to buy three watermelons. You only had intentions to buy one, if not any. But the fact that you wanted to prove me wrong, you bought three of them. So mm. who's the idiot now kind of thing. It's like, oh, I, I see where you're going with this. Like, create create that um, I wouldn't necessarily call it demand but like trying to outdo outshine somebody 
Well, like, people are all for lowering costs without looking at what's rationally the right cost. Mm. So something is only a discount if you're going to buy it anyway. If you go somewhere and you go, oh man, that's really good. Look at that. It's 50% off. But you weren't going to buy it that day. It's not a discount. Like You've yeah. gone and bought, you've bought something additional, right? Right. You know, or if it was something that you're planning to buy in the short term or whatever. But if you're, yeah, yeah but so it's, it is really funny because I know I, I like to say to Chelsea, the biggest lie that women tell is it was on sale. Yeah. <laughs> big time, big time. That's, what, that's the biggest lie. It was on sale. And, you know, that doesn't justify, like, <laughs> it's not okay just because it was on sale. But, right. but, but the, again, like, the psychology behind pricing is there's so much of it that you, like, I don't even, I'm not even that. I just see little things and kind of make my own assumptions. Yeah, smart. Because I've, <laughs> um, I've seen one picture that had, like, a pair of shoes and it was $99 and no one wanted it. The same pair of shoes in another photo has a sign that says $150 and has a big circle and a cross through it and it says $99 and it was sold out. Yeah. Because people look, associate yeah. value with price and if something is was worth more but it's not, like sometimes not in the case. Right. I mean, and, and I, I'm the same exact person too. Like if something is like cheap, I'll look at the expensive one and like, mm, but like, I like quality. It's like, well, how do you know it's 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 better quality? Because it's more expensive. You think it's better quality? It could be less quality. People tie it in, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's very tied to. It's yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy. Do you find that being an accountant was the right decision for yourself in terms of like your original goals of what you wanted to create? Or do you think that you've created your own new future as you've been an accountant? Uh, well, my three goals when I first started as a university, before I was a university student, was I wanted to wear a suit to work. Yeah, because my dad did that, and I just thought that's what all dads did. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I uh, wanted my tax return to take longer than thirty minutes. Yeah, shit, or even like thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I was, I was, I don't, I don't want to walk into someone and go, this is this, and oh yeah, cool, here it is. Like, I wanted it to be, I wanted to actually, you know, have something, have some thought behind it. And yeah. um, back then, my goal was to earn more than six figures because. I thought that would be a good starting point to be able to look after whatever family I had. Oh, big like, time. Like, um, I care a lot about, like, trying to, like, prepare for, like, family and stuff. But I don't, I don't have any dreams of being, like, I'm, like, wealthy or anything like that. I just want, you know, whoever, whoever's in my life to not have to worry. Yeah. And it's a big, it's a big kind of goal as well because it's, like, it, it's big shoes. Yeah. All those goals are like, it's a big deal. Mm. That's just my idea of success at that point. And, uh, but it changes it uh, once, once you like start kick, ticking some of them off and everything, you know? Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so that, that was, that was my three things. And I thought that, you know, you have, everyone has this assumption that, oh, accountants earn a lot of money, but it, it's really, really not the fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of accounting sweatshops around. And just because you work with money, 
um, doesn't mean you earn a lot of money. It's the same way that just because you're a PT doesn't mean you're in shape. Right, exactly. I mean, um, right now I also work at uh, my uncle's helicopter company. And what we do is we, well, the department I'm in, we basically take the panels off the helicopter and basically take the paint off and put new paint on, you know, the whole process of how that works. Well, anyways, an outside perspective didn't hear anything I said other than, you work on helicopters? Yeah. Like, that is so cool, man. Do you fly them? It's like, well, no, I didn't. I just tell you, I, I work with the paint. So technically, yeah. like, I'm a painter. Like spray so, and blast kind of thing? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. they, they, even after we've had this discussion right now, it's like, well, that's cool. Like, do you get to, like, ride in the helicopter? It's like, mm -hmm. you are not absorbing anything I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I work on cars. Oh, mm -hmm. do you ride on fast cars? It's like, yeah, like, don't worry about what I do. Like, mm -hmm. it means nothing to you. It means nothing to me. Let's just move mm -hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest one in accounting, and anyone who works in accounting will back this up, is people say, oh, I'm an accountant. Oh, can you do my tax? And, <laughs> and tax is like, yeah, like, very big part of accounting. But um, I've never worked in tax at all. And yeah. I've got friends who are tax specialists and are appalled at how little I know about tax. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably going to listen to this and be like, fuck, I can't believe you even said this on, on an air. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah, they said they're, they, I've never really worked in it. There's so many intricacies. Tax, taxation is actually like at university, it's almost a law subject. And some universities, taxation is a law um, because there's so many different things that can happen in each situation based on where a person lives and all, yeah, their, their situation and then the, each different class of what, there, there's just so much involved and if certain things happen, certain different taxes trigger different clauses, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty radical. That's dope. I but, mean, in um, terms of like, because you don't know these things, you know what I mean? Like, even, uh, even like an outside view, like we, we don't know this thing. All we yeah. think about is accountant knows everything that has to do with income, outgoings, <laughs> overheads, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know mm. everything. So I'm just going to take all my information, throw them on, on your desk. Mm. And then when I'm when you're done with it, just go ahead and put it in the mailbox and I'll write you a check. Yeah. And, and well, the thing is, like, you just go find someone who knows everything about what you need to know. But, yeah, um, yeah I... Um, I know it's super lame, but I, I love being an accountant. Um, one of the things that being an accountant kind of made me learn is I used to work in audit. Yeah. So um, basically financial statement. Like, so you go to a company, you have to learn what they do and understand operationally, what does this business do? How do they generate their income? What are the big you know, cost drivers behind that and how, how do they run? And then you basically have to assess transactions and balances and all these kind of things yep. and um, make sure that it's in line with like accounting standards, which is also, again, kind of more law. But, um, but yeah, so one thing that's really interesting is like as a consultant, it's effectively is you could be at different companies at different times. So um, like for instance, I work in a mining company now or a plant hire mining services company. So that's yeah. how I know about, you know, pain and blast. Like whenever we, a machine is like come off hire and needs to go out somewhere new, it's ripped down and fresh, fresh paint on there every single time as well as all the other R&M. Um, yeah. But I've worked at local governments, I've worked at charities. I worked at a record label in Los Angeles, which is really cool. Oh, um, that's your, that's your, uh, 
your your goal that you wanted to do mm. Mm. <laughs> work work in music that must have been a really cool experience it was um and and the one thing that's really cool is you learn like the ins and outs of how it all works and like yeah this this company it's it's a um a guy from the uk and he he has musicians he used to he ran like Spice Girls and he orchestrated David Beckham's um, transaction to him uh, when he went to LA Galaxy and oh, stuff nice. like that I think he's a mainstream artist he had Aloe Black as well oh wow um, but yeah so I, that, that was pretty cool but so like learning about how all these different businesses run is really interesting um, the most radical business I ever worked on is Grinder. <laughs> Grinder. that sounds like a sex don't kind of don't act like you don't know what grinder is. I bet you're on the customer list. I don't it's, know what grinder is. What's grinder? It either sounds like it either sounds like something sex wise or it sounds like something that's uh for weed. It's uh Tinder for homosexuals. Oh, there we go. See, I know what Tinder is. I don't use it, but I know what it is. Yeah. So one, but even even that, like, so one of the big ways that they make money is by marketing and advertisements. And so while I was there, I, I, I learned about impressions. So basically, these advertising companies will pay for however many impressions that they get on an app. What the hell is an impression? Yeah, it can be like an, an advertisement is seen, an advertisement is clicked on, the length of time it's looked at. There is all these elements to digital marketing that I learned working on. Like, so it, it, it's... um. That's what I find really interesting. So you can you learning about the way certain contracts are structured in different industries. Yeah, I and, bet you, um, you never thought about that when you were in uni studying no, to be an yeah. accountant. Yeah, um, because realistically, the job is finding a way to transpose operationally what is happening, give it like fair representation of how these companies performed over a period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was, it, it is actually super interesting because you can almost talk to people about their business because you can you can make sense of the activities that drive revenue and then you can also look at what their major costs are and ways of manipulating that to be more efficient hmm. have yeah. you found out have you found out a certain way that the marketing kind of idea works the best if that if that question even makes sense like in terms of like um I don't know, let's say like advertisement or something like that. Like, did you have you ever found out like something that doesn't work or something that does work? Well, I guess the, the most important thing is, and as a non marketing person, is to know exactly who the target is. Like, um, all there's so many businesses now where people are so niche and yeah. they don't they don't offer full services because it's easier to be really good at something than to be average at a lot of things. Do you think that's good or bad to be good at one thing then? Well, I know. I guess you got to think about the products you use. Like, um, like for instance, like you use Instagram, look at photos, right? Yeah. But and Twitter to find out, you know, information like live or people's thoughts that don't involve any other media besides the words. Right. Right. Doesn't Facebook do both of those? Yeah. But, but because they've found a way to focus in on the actual, the metrics around like the media for Instagram or something else, but like even just going down to all the apps that you use, you're like, oh, I actually have a lot of apps, but obviously oh, this is better than this, this is better than this. And like, mm. 
like the different and like even the food you buy, you'll go get certain food from different locations because the value proposition is different. Right. So um, I think the biggest thing is finding your niche and being really good at that one thing and then finding out exactly the people that want that right thing and then how to put it in their face, what they want and and yeah, that's it. I think it's, it's really targeted because as soon as that happens, that's where they're the people that are click on. Yeah, that makes sense. Like everything you just said makes sense because I was going originally like with my business that I'm working with right and trying to grow is I want to train everybody. Mm-hmm. And normally that means you don't know who you want to train and you're going and you're going to get nobody. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And then once I transformed out of I'm going to train everybody to I really just want to train like athletes because like they they know what they want. And like, that's why I want to do sports specific training as well, because I love sports like yourself. And so if you do kind of something like that, that's just one of those things where you can wake up and be excited for. And then once I made that switch, I've been getting, you know, I wouldn't say like clients, but like more engagement. And it's like Jesus. I guess that does make sense to uh, stick to to one niche and, and and working from there. Yeah, and and even then, like you don't have to have the cookie cutter thing that goes all over it. Like people appreciate. Like if you're going for something that's really niche, like if you say I want to do this, like, okay, well I know that these are the basic principles around what will help you get there. But how about you give me a couple of days to put something together? Yeah, and then as soon as you you go do your research and you find excellent people appreciate the time to make it feel like they're different, like that um, that that like oh, what's that saying? Uh, no, no one cares what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because then if they go, okay, like I I do these programs and these are programs I actually get people that want to get learn like get into exercise and fitness and develop these skills. So I've got these couple little little things. But if you want something more specific, I'm gonna make it specific for you. Like, right. Yeah. So I, I want someone might say I want to jump higher. And you're like, okay, well, one of the really important things is explosive power, not only over how much you lift, but then also like the speed at which you move so like sprinting is integral so and then like okay and then you develop this plan that has the sprinting and then you go oh flexibility is also really good in there too and like by the time you create this individual thing based on like what their level is for all of these aspects like people someone who goes oh i'm really not flexible um my strength is here my speed is here and then you go okay well this, this is the step you're at for each of these things just work on these to get you cohesively to jumping higher. Like someone goes, wow, like they, he's really taken time instead of giving me air alert or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I hear that. And that's actually, I'm glad you said that because a lot of the people at the gym that I'm at, that PLC gym, like they're kind of like that as well. Because I always ask people like, how are you feeling? Because I genuinely want to know how you're feeling so that I don't train you to not feel better because I want you to leave here feeling better so I'm either going to push you better or I'm going to restrain back and make sure that you're just Mm. glad that you came here and like the fact of like me actually gathering people's information so that I can tailor things you know to to their goals is actually a a pretty good idea because you know when you're when you're stuck into a business that runs it one way you don't ever think outside of the box because you're just trying to make the best one way work. 
mm-hmm. or when you try to think outside of the box and like create your own, but also run it in the way the business is working, then that care factor really does make a huge difference. And, um, and yeah, it can kind of kind of blossom from there. Do you see yourself um, ever running your own accounting company or anything like that? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, there's just there's a, there's a lot involved in running your own business and um, yeah. kudos to people that do it. There's much more reward running your own business. And, yeah. but there's much people, more risk. <laughs> yeah, m- much more risk and it's just like a time point. Like, you know, I... Um, my partner Chelsea, she she prefers my time, and yeah. she you could put as many dollars in or zeros on a bank account as you want. If you're not there, she's not gonna be happy. Yeah. So, um, well, like, I guess I guess we'll know after the proposal if she cares about <laughs> your time or your money. This will all be you so sad if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so for me that's the thing because I I know I, my um my sister's husband runs a plumbing business and some of my close friends run, run business too. And like some people will literally work 80 hours a week. So they don't have to work a nine to five. Like, and, right. yeah. And those people end up earning a lot more money than I earn. And yeah, they also probably get a bit more satisfaction because it's, you know, they've, they've done or created something. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess I've, everyone finds value in different things, you know? So, I mean, it's true, though, because um, I was dating a couple of chicks here and they always wanted to do something. And the only real like open time I had was like to do a podcast or to go play basketball. You know what I mean? Like I always dedicated my time for the grind and for working Mm. and all that kind of stuff. And it just never worked out because they would. And it wasn't necessarily because we were we were on bad terms. It was just because of the time not spent together. Mm. And it's like, well, this I don't think this is gonna work because like I need to see a, a human body, not just hear your voice on a phone call, you know, and saying how great life is going for you. Well, you know, your partner is like they're not going through great life; they're going through loneliness. Oh wow! So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's um. Yeah, and you know there is a, there is a, always a goal or a goalpost that you're aiming aiming for at that point. But yeah, that that balance is is really hard. And when I was you know, as a graduate in my first couple of years as an accountant, like mm-hmm. you you know I said there's accounting sweatshops and stuff like that. Like there's a um I didn't work for one, but there's a there is a um mentality that you do overtime because. Yeah everyone does overtime because if you don't do overtime it means you don't care and there's all these things so when you're young you like you don't know very much when you're young in your career so the only yeah. thing you can do is provide effort until you yeah. repetitive effort develops skill yeah um, but yeah it's hard when you you know you're you're in an industry where you're on salary you're a salary professional and then you're doing 60 hour weeks sometimes and earning the same amount of money as when you're 37 and um, yeah. that gets very hard for people in our industry, especially if they're dating someone from a different industry. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and like the proposition is you learn, you develop skills that you can leverage into more money effectively yeah. later. But yeah, it, take, it takes time to get there. And sometimes people just like, like, why are you doing this? You could be spending time with me. And like, it, I've seen a lot of accountants where relationship gets put under pressure for um, 
the time you need to put in to yeah get where you need to get to. Yeah, have you heard have you heard the the phrase um, the jack of all trades but a king to none? Have you heard that mm. before? Have you heard the complete version of it? No. So yeah, it's almost surprising. Like what that that is the complete yeah. version. <laughs> so the complete version is a jack of all trades and a king to none is um it's sometimes better to be uh a king to one than than to know a whole bunch of other ones like obviously i butchered it but it's one of those things where it's like if you know everything sometimes what they implant in your head is like just know everything but sometimes knowing it's like kind of like your niche you know what i'm saying like how we were just Mm. talking earlier like if you're actually really good at one thing it might be way better than you knowing a whole bunch of little things. Yeah. And that also flows into relationships too. I actually had a friend tell me this the other day and I was like, wow, I'd never heard that. It sounds so basic. But it says a friend to everybody is a friend to none. Friend to none. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. But it's... um. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so before before we wrap this up, because we've been on here for quite a while. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh no, that's good. My the podcast average is like two hours, and and okay, we cool. we're we're approaching the two hour mark. I, I I think about you. I think about like shit, man. He this guy got to go. Like he, he guys, he has a life. You know, mine is just like I'll be up at three o'clock every morning anyway, so it makes no difference. But. Um, <laughs> There's actually two things I wanted to say. One of them was is something that we've been kind of saying out throughout words. So I'll mention that at the very end. But before I mention that one, and, th- and th- that one will be like a quick one. And uh, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to ruin the question that I have coming up now. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, the question I have now is you, you, you're getting into your marriage proposal and everything's going to be great. How did you meet her? How did I meet her? Mm-hmm. At university through mutual friends. Oh, okay. So, like, what what was the spark? Like, you just saw her and was like, damn, this girl's good looking. I'm going to go talk to her. Or was it something that the mutual friends was like, hey, man, you should go holler at her. And then her <laughs> friends were like, hey, you should go holler at him. Like, how, 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 because this is like a marriage podcast pretty much right now. <laughs> So we got to build this up a little bit more, you know, like make it like, oh, this is just, you know, Joe A and Susie a- a B getting yeah. together to get married. Like, we want to know the story. Like, you already broke down the how the marriage proposal is going to go. And that was great. So it's almost like, well, how, how did the buildup happen? Like, what what's the buildup? Like, how, yeah. how did it all start? Well, we met two mutual friends. And when we actually met the first time, we both very recently got out of... Um, relationships uh like within like a month or something with both at university and yeah i don't know what it was exactly but i remember the first time i saw her i was like i didn't couldn't exactly put my finger on what it was and then one of my friends went to university with her and said yeah chelsea's amazing like she's like just an awesome person and she's yeah you you should definitely have you should definitely pursue that and then (laughs) so i had it I tried and um, it just wasn't the right time. And So she uh, rejected you? She gave you the stiff arm? Uh, she's like, oh, I've just got to have a relationship. Let's not really go into stuff like that. And um, then we were kind of like tiptoed in and out of each other's lives for a little while and we ended up living close to each other. And um, yeah, so then 
similar kind of thing. We both came out of separate relationships again and we were like <laughs> sussing each other out. And then we actually started getting into like this, um, this relationship. And then, yeah, yeah, eventually, eventually we actually split ways for a couple of months because we weren't sure if it was what we wanted. And, and then after that, like, I just realized how much of a fool I was. <laughs> and then, what do you yeah. mean? What do you mean by that? Oh, like, um, there's just certain things about her that, that are just so unique. Um, the way she makes everybody else feel around her. Like, everyone feels just comfortable. And a few people, like, the best, I swear, no one feels judged when they're around her. Right. And, um, yeah, and she does a really good job of making everyone just be in that moment and just engaging. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, she, she makes you feel safe and she makes you feel like you matter so like that was kind of what made it what made it happen and yeah like those kind of things it's it's hard i know i'd never really you, you kind of look at things and you think oh should i like this or should i like that but then you feel something like that right it's very different was there anything that she did that you didn't like you know what I mean? Like you started nitpicking <laughs> her and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I mean, not now, not now, not now. And I'm, what I mean by that was like, like the way she brushes her hair or something like that. You're just like, God, it's so annoying. Like when you first started, obviously everything now is like you'd like, otherwise you wouldn't do be doing a marriage proposal. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh gosh, like she's so loud. Like I can't stand her right now. But then later on you come to find out that her being loud is like what makes her her and the beauty of it. But like was there anything like that prior that you're willing to share? <laughs> not not really. Um and it's kind of almost one of her flaws is that she's so considerate about other people that she doesn't like she's always making sure is everyone around me okay and, and like so worried about that she never like truly gives herself the attention that she needs right but yeah there's, there's like it's I don't know if I've ever met anyone that doesn't like her like it's crazy yeah so she's never gotten to a fight or anything like that <laughs> not well she's yeah with me but um, <laughs> I can't. She, she's like a tiny little woman, right? But she used to play AFL, like. And, oh, yeah. so she right. got that. She got that little, little jabber in her, huh? She's just fast, and she's so she's good. On, she was good on the field with that. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, she. Yeah, probably like it's hard. Like I don't know anyone that's ever. No one's ever said anything bad about her. Yeah. Besides you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I got I got I got lots, man. Like little stupid little things about just living together, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but if you don't have if you don't have speed bumps in a relationship, there's no growth. Oh that's yeah, the way, that's the way I see it. So I mean, that's good that you guys actually get into those arguments, and then you guys are quickly out of them. Yeah, I know. I feel like, especially now, like there's there's all this there's such a bigger picture to who we are and what we are now and yeah. like we have we have goals together and like we do it's we like we are us as a thing you know so yeah. it makes you know it's like yeah we argue about stupid little things like who's driving today and stuff like that but like yeah it's it's honestly i've never been with a girl who's so easy to just like get along with 
it just makes yeah it makes oh, life really good. easy yeah no that's awesome man and um mm-hmm. so yeah so anyways i'm happy for you on that concept thank you man because uh <laughs> Because it, it it takes it always takes the right person, but then that, uh, how long were you guys together for? Oh, good question. I think it's about four and a half years. Oh, okay. See, that's a healthy amount too. Some people, man, they 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 just jump the gun. It's like, oh, dude, I'm gonna marry her. It's like, oh, that's awesome, man. Like, how long you guys been together? Like, oh, 17 hours. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, it and there's so much pressure around relationships. It's fucked. Like. And even just like getting married and all these different things, like it's a, it's very weird. You yeah. know, you, everyone like develops, you know, expectations in the way their parents live. But the world's such a different place now, and oh, marri- yeah. marriages don't last as long. And sometimes they're more of a social thing as opposed to what, like, actually what the meaning of it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's like and it, they just want to be heard. Yeah, it's, and it's like love is like we we have this idea of what a fairy tale is meant to be, and everyone kind of sees it and hears it and thinks of it, and then they compare themselves to it. And if it isn't right, they feel like something's wrong. But yeah, it's it's totally different for everyone, and yeah, and there's there's just way too much comparison that um in the world and people go oh this person did this or I should do that blah 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 it's like no just do what you want yeah create your own story yeah and like and that's the thing for some people it might be never getting married and that's not a problem like because how creepy is it like I love you so much I want to get the government involved yeah, <laughs> for real. I actually didn't think about it like that. It's like, fuck, man. Like, I want us to be together so much that everyone's gonna know, even the government. Like, I yeah. never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. We tied up. Man. Yeah, it's it, it, it's funny, but like you know, just the way things were, and it's developed tradition, and you know. People turn around and say, "Oh, marriage doesn't matter because you know the same. What difference is a marriage and a committed relationship?" Kind of thing, but yeah. And you know, there's yes, there's elements of that that are true, but there's also tradition. Like, how many things do you do or do you like doing because of, it's something that your family does? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, seeing like being at seeing all your you know the people you care respect and everything. Get married yeah. makes you feel, you know, you want to do those things. Like, yeah, it's funny. This chick in the in the states, she she's trying to hook me up with her friend. She's like, "You guys are gonna get married together. I can already tell because every time I talk to you guys, the most two positive people I know." Blah blah blah. And then, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, "Yeah, like one day I am going to get married." And like. Because I like to dance as well. And I'm like, dude, we're going to have like this cool ass wedding theme. And all I mean, not, not a theme, but like a dance floor and area. Like, I'm like, oh, that's going to go down. And then her, she instantly goes, we are not having a wedding because I just want something that's quiet. Like us two, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I can't see us getting married. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you are a cool chick or whatnot. But I'm like, we have two way different views that... 
you know, even it, it, it's not just revolved around that one marriage thing. It's just, you know, you can just you, you sense vibes and, and whatnot. This type um, of person. One yeah, person exactly. Likes to be social, another person likes to be almost recluse. Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't know if that's really going to work out very well because it can in some situations. But I mean, I, I in my mind, for myself, I am I would say I'm too social. Where like trying to find that right person has to be just as social. So like we're having that back and forth conversation. You know, if you're if you're that quiet one that doesn't want to be bothered, it's like, fuck, trust me, you don't want to be around me because I will bother you in <laughs> the most annoying way ever because it's just like the natural thing that I got going for me. But yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm exactly the same. Like I get up in the morning and I have my pre workout or whatever, and I go to the gym, and by the time I it's time to go. Like, Chell's alarm hasn't gone off. I'm like, oh, Chelsea, we should get this for the house. We should do this. Yeah. We, should do this. we should do this. We should do this. And she's like, get the about fuck this. away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But yeah, um, yeah, you got to find someone that, that works on, on that level. Yeah. And because it makes sense. It's something so it. small. It's like, that's the person you've got to be around for the rest of your life. Can you do yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what the the last thing I was gonna say to you was, is there a quote or a motivational phrase or an inspiring phrase or anything along that line that you, I wouldn't say you live by, but like you love or you you've, you've already given out quite a few of them throughout, <laughs> this, throughout this thing, you know what I mean? So I mean, is there anything off the top of your head you can think of right now? I have one that I I go with, and it's from Damian Lillard. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard him say it before. Um, so my my friends in the in the states, they're they're huge Portland Trailblazer fans, and uh, you know if, if Damian oh, nice. Lillard if Damian Lillard sneezes, then like they want to catch his his tissue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, like that like they're that big of a fan. He's that Kobe. Yeah, exactly. And um, so they posted up his quote. And I've been using it as like my business um, uh, saying and whatnot. And I, I like now that I think of it and had a discussion with you, like I'm kind of looking at further than what it is. But what what the quote says is, if you want to look good in front of thousands, you need to outwork thousands in front of nobody. Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually yeah. Yeah, and so and so it's one of those things where it's like, well, originally it's from like training. You know, you think about training and stuff like that. And, you know, if you want to get a better jump shot than everyone else, you better do a jump shot. Well, anyways, since I've been, you know, in the process of trying to start my own business, and yes, the way you mentioned earlier, business owning is like, it's awful in a happy way. So, but it's <laughs> it, in comparison, it's like, I just remember having those nine to fives and God, they were like, I hate this job, but like life was great, but you just hated those eight hours or whatever you were there for. But like trying to run your own business, it's like, I, I love my 24 hours, but God damn, I am tired. Yeah. And, um, and like, yeah, so like I wake up, I don't wake up every morning because I want to wake up at 3.30 every morning. I wake up at 3.30 because I got to, in my mind, I need to save $38,000 to start my own business. Mm -hmm. And 
the only way I'm doing it right now that I've, you know, I'll branch out and learn better ways to make money. But like right now, it's I got to wake up early to run these PT sessions at PLC. Then right after that, I'll go work at the helicopter company. And then after that, I'll do my own personal training sessions. And then I'll coach a girls basketball team. And then by that point around, then, then it's our basketball game. And you know what I mean? By that point, I'm like running off fumes. And then I have to drive that 45 minutes or half hour back home. By the time I get home, half the time, like, I don't even shower. Like, like a great example, last night we had our basketball game, and I got I came home, and mind you, I'm drenched in sweat. It was so, that it was game hot. was so hot. <laughs> I was on, like, I was suffocating for air. And the only reason why I didn't complain about it is because Jason comes off the court, and he's like, gosh, it's hot. We need to turn the fans <laughs> on. And I'm like, nah, man, it's not hot. Like, just think about it like this, man. If you're tired and sluggish, the opponent is even more tired and sluggish. So mm. you have the advantage. And then I'm just talking myself up. And then by the time the game was over, I'm like, Jesus, it's like colder outside than it is inside the facility. Mm. Well, anyways, I went home and, uh, you know, kind of grabbed something to eat, whatnot. And came in. I just sat on the couch and I fell asleep. And, like, I didn't even shower after that game. And, like, you would think to yourself, like, damn, you just did a hell of a big workout. And you sweated a lot. Like, how did you not shower? Like, that's disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm it, the same. Oh, okay. We're on the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that quote, that quote was kind of like, you know, then I woke up at 3.30 to do the gym all over again. And it was one of those things. But that's what I think about all the time. It's like, mm. like I'm trying to out-hustle everyone else in in the in the grinding life it's just so that in the future i can be like i am where i am today in the most positive way ever because i sacrificed a couple of months years whatever to do something that no one else wanted to do and now this is where this is the reward you receive yeah I like, it's it's good, it, it, but it, I feel like there's also elements, and it's so super basic of, well, you know, like work smarter, not harder, because yeah. you can you can grind yourself down. Oh yeah. And you can make yourself really tired. There can be elements of happiness with it. There's um. But yeah, eventually, realistically, the whole thought of people not liking nine to five is like, why would you sell your time for somebody else's dream? Right. Because in, when it comes down to it, the only thing that is finite that you have no control over is time. Yeah. So there's this, um, I'm not sure if you ever heard of the, like FIRE, Financial Independence Retire Early? Um, I want to say yes, but just because it's like cloudy, I, I'm going to say no. But yeah. now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, so there's this big like financial movement thing at the moment that everyone's like, oh, you know, if I save, 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 I can retire early and stuff like that. But the whole premise of it is, is you know, there is a mathematical equation. Like you find out what your living expenses are, you times yeah. that by twenty-five, which effectively gets to four percent. Oh can... fuck! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! I'm gonna write this as we we say something because I feel like you're gonna tell me something that I'm gonna have to. All right, start again financially <laughs> yeah. so finan- financial independence retire early is like basically you grind like crazy and then all of a sudden you have things generating cash for you so you don't have to work yeah right and um it's i one of my mates told me about it because i i understand a lot about it like not a lot i understand the basics of investing and just financial i guess 
things we will say um but this there is actually like a very simple and basic way to kind of break it down and so it also like the the big part of this movement is this guy his name is mr this is gonna sound stupid but mr money mustache and it's (laughs) yeah and it's this blog and it's like okay like it's very easy to get four percent return on an investment so if you get 25 percent 25 times your living expenses getting to that that point you won't ever have to work again because your living expenses will be covered by things and you'll have your time free so so you're saying get 25 percent more 25 times 25 times sorry oh, you're okay. living yeah what your your annual living expenses are but so um by doing that you can then create all the time in the world because you have all the time you can do whatever and yeah and and one of the big parts of this financial independence retirement is you you work really hard and you save a lot and then you get to this position where all of a sudden you don't have to work anymore and you have all the time because time is you know the one thing that we all have like what's the average living age right yeah and um so there's on on i was quite surprised by this but it's like if you actually save 50 percent of your income yeah you can become you can get to that point in 10 years really yeah if you save 50 percent of your income for 10 years i can't remember exactly the numbers but it is and it, it changes the lower you save the longer you have to save for right yeah. And um, but yeah, and you, you can get to that point really quickly. It's kind of crazy, and and then also factors you invest in that money and blah blah blah. But if you if you start getting that ball rolling and, and developing that kind of thing, like it, once the ball starts rolling, it starts rolling quick. Right. Yeah. So it's really interesting. So if you like combine like you know getting up early and being you know being the first guy at the gym and doing all of those things and then having a plan in place for all of that you can it, it, a lot of people think that you need to work till you're 60 because yeah. that's what everyone does but if you be smart about it you can like an average person can get there a lot quicker right and then plus when you're 60 and you're making money that money that you made to lead up to your retirement this is obviously my opinion but mm. that money that you make when you to get to 60 is just money to buy medicine so you can stay alive. Yeah. Like, you're, 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 what's the quality of life at that point? Exactly. And, and that's the balance too. Like I, I didn't, I started university quite late because I didn't get into it till I was older. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, like if I, and like, you know, sometimes you can be healthy. Like I've got friends who have, fathers who are healthy their whole life and now are really struggling with their health my dad was a triathlete and had a motorbike accident which changed his life forever really like yeah he's 54 and he's a triathlete and, got, and he was riding a motor, his motorbike to work and got hit by a car like you can wait and save that money till the end but you don't know what's going to be at the story. end like some people don't even make 54 like <laughs> right so um yeah so Shoot, when I, nowadays it's like 40 in the 40s is like the new <laughs> 65 uh no you know like medicine and stuff's going a long way and, and all those things but yeah like like so check out mr money mustache and google any of this fire stuff it's um if you combine that with with a solid work work ethic and um discipline right yeah, i feel yeah. like discipline is like do you, do you find that you're disciplined so much more now i um when i was earning 
less and I didn't have as have a goal and stuff but I was not as good um, at all like the amount of money I save now is very crazy in comparison to what I used to say or yeah but I also like didn't have a partner that I had goals with you know right like now when I save it's for money for me hopefully if she says yes eventually, <laughs> like eventually have a child and stuff like that like no doubt you know like I'm planning for the time when she stops working and stuff like that um, but before it was very very short term short like short term planning yeah yeah instead of that longevity plans yeah and that's the thing like you you, you, you start being smart with that kind of thing you can create so much time um, and but it's just not something that you ever taught and yeah so if you combine like that 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 work ethic and the will to you know earn more and you convert and like if you can eventually get your money working for you or or put that money in something that's going to get people to work for you that's going to create you more money like and then your time is free like you won't fall asleep in you'll fall asleep in doing something you like as right. opposed to just falling asleep because fuck what a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah can't believe we yeah. gotta do this tomorrow yeah I know so it's, it's, it is interesting but you never really think about it until it's you know too late right mm. cool well shoot man I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go in terms of <laughs> like we'll, we'll we'll call this one a wrap but man I really appreciate it this is the longest <laughs> podcast I've had none of it was like a moving on kind of topic it was like oh shit let's talk about this like actually that's actually a good point you put there but you know what i mean so like there was no drag time in yeah. it in terms of thinking about what to say and all that kind yeah. of stuff so well i'll tell you what my um my my quick quote is as well because the smarter not harder is kind of worked in with that you know like there we go i feel smart. like i felt like it was coming you know i just felt like it was like that's what he's gonna go with no it's not the one that i have is um one of my best friends um told me that comparison is a thief of joy and yes like, and and that one i, I was kind yeah he said that and then he, i was like oh wow he's like yeah like don't bother trying to compare yourself to anyone else just do what makes you happy and and like let people overcomplicate life don't overcomplicate it yeah like, i love nothing more than coming home on a friday night drinking wine eating food with my girlfriend and putting music, like I have a rock vinyl record collection put some oh, of that really? on yeah that's my that's my happiness like <laughs> is there is there a certain is there a certain vinyl that you you like the most mm, well it probably come down to two because uh, there's one uh, two artists one guy's called Masego 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 which is like South African or Jamaican or something for blessing. And he's oh, okay. um, a saxophone player slash singer slash whatever producer. Yeah. He's really cool. So I saw him at a gig at in Brisbane and I took the record and he signed it, which is really cool. And, oh, so uh, it's super special now. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is a record by a musician called Miguel, which is um, War and Leisure. Yeah. And again, he came and played in Sydney, so I forked out the extra money to go and meet him before the show and go and sign that one too so um, nice yeah so those, are your, those are your top two ones yeah not 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 musically but the experience yeah yeah oh that's cool that's cool the um the last time I heard someone playing vinyls is like grandparents yeah. talking about the day the fact that you still bring them out that's like 
that makes does that well what i was gonna say and what it is is probably two different things does that make you humble like does that make you kind of like appreciate things or something because you're playing something that's so old school or do you think the the quality is is genuine or like what makes you want to go put a vinyl in well because we we live in this world right where music used, used to be something tangible and now it's just letters on a screen yeah so um I, I buy records, comes with stickers, posters. Um, some of them come with essays or stuff from the artist. They can actually put shit in there, which right. is really cool. Uh, they can make it colorful. They can do whatever. They can. Uh, do you ever remember buying CDs and pulling out the album, like the little thing in the front and reading oh, it? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So there's, there's books, all kind of stuff. So it allows you to do that just on a bigger scale. And, um, and then one of them used to always have like a poster, like the whatever the writing is if you open it up and turn it around it was like a poster some, yeah some yeah and then you um and then the other thing i really like about it is so albums when artist creates an album okay this is sonically and lyrically what i'm trying to convey this is the emotion the feeling or whatever it is okay and then they create a bunch of sounds and a bunch of lyrics like that and they create a body of work but then they actually plan when those songs go. So there's certain albums where this song might be part of like a four song combo that actually flows together. And you're like, wow, this is actually incredible. Like the way they've actually curated this hour of music for you to listen to is, it's art. That's what makes it art and not just yeah. a song. And um, you can't skip a record. So you have to listen to what the artist Listen wanted. to everything, yep. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Do you have a favorite instrument? Like, out of all instruments, is there something that, like, kind of triggers you a little bit more, or, like, your top two or something like that? Mm, it would either have to be a piano or a guitar. Oh, okay. Any oh, no, kind no, of guitar? No, no, piano or drums. Oh, okay. Um, because piano can just convey a lot of feeling, and it's, yeah, yeah and it can, it's so malleable once you put synths on it and oh yeah yeah I, yeah I just so many times you hear the keys and like the way it can be played rhythmically too yes like the way in which it's played and also like a piano like you touch a piano lightly it's soft you, you hit it harder like you, there's a lot of light and dark just even in the way that you press the key right have you yeah. heard of that have you heard of that um that piano playing um random duet that happened in a train station and like I think it was like somewhere in like France or somewhere like that no. <laughs> I'll send it to you um, yes. so this guy he's playing the piano and you know he, he's, he's playing it really good the, the song that he's playing is good the challenging bit about the video is that it's in the train station so like <laughs> the, PA, the PA system is like you know next yeah. stop you know blah 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 <laughs> but it's obviously in, in a different language and um, so it just kind of keeps going. But if you really like, like the, I really absorbed it more when I had my headphones in because I can continuously hear the piano rather than when I oh, freely hear it. But anyways, he, uh, he he's playing it and you can tell that he's like getting done with it. And this random guy comes behind him and just starts adding different keys and, and notes to the song that he's playing and then they start forming a duet and it sounds really great and then the main guy 
he's like, oh, okay, well, that's the end of the song. Like, I'm mm. not looking at a script anymore. Like, we played the song. And the, the other guy, he just keeps going. He's like, well, like, how about, you know, you, you're good enough that you don't need the, the notes. How about we just create notes? You know what I mean? So that guy, he's just continuously playing. And then the original guy, he's like, oh, well, shit, I'm just going to run off of you. And then they play this whole song and it's really like it's kind of mesmerizing in a way because my my nephew he's really talented at the piano as well and i showed him this video and i was like well that's funny you play just like my favorite piano video so i showed him that video and he was like his parents are like screaming at him to get his attention to do a chore or something like that and he's like mesmerized like he's like i can't believe how good this is and and for how random it is and then all of a sudden when it was over he was like what's the name of that link and i was like oh it's blah 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 and he's like that was really good and i was like the fact that you're saying it's really good and you're a good pianist like that means i know that i have chosen <laughs> a good video <laughs> Yeah, well, music music is such an incredible thing, man. And like, I used to be all about like I love singers and musicians. But then, how incredible is is it that you can make somebody feel something by playing something that is not human? You can right. communicate with them with elements of tone, pitch, and rhythm. Right. And it's so cool. I, I watched this thing the other day; it just exploded my mind. It's called um, "Explained" on Netflix. It's this "Explained" series. And with Explained, they um, they talk about things in 20-minute videos and talk about music and how humans intrinsically know music. Like, if someone's learning to walk or if someone's learning to punch a bag, like, you see, you see someone on, a, on like, a, a fast bag? Yeah. Make them close their eyes and listen to the beat. Same with skipping rope. Like, don't look at the rope. Don't think about the rope. Like there's certain elements of rhythm and stuff like that that humans just have, and you ne you ever see any birds or any other animals standing around another animal listening to them perform? Oh, uh, like like yeah. <laughs> what yeah. like what like what? Uh, are you talking about like a bird going up to like a dog? And... Yeah, and like playing or oh, people or other animals, a series of animals watching another animal no yeah like there's there's elements of music that are like that that we just i never thought i never realized that it's inside being a human hmm. that's actually really good because i can thinking about it i can use that as a tactic for training as well like oh yeah you know when you're on the rowing machine people are like i'm i'm tired it's like well don't don't look at the meters or the time on that you're going just close your eyes and run to the rhythm like all kinds of stuff yeah oh interesting that was a little there's a life hack right there yeah well i watch the explained it you'll just go holy shit that's crazy like you just don't even realize it what is it just like a netflix series yeah they've done all kinds of stuff and music's one of them and it was pretty interesting explained. <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah my mine Mine's a piano as well, but my my first is actually the violin. Oh, crazy! Yeah, like just the way it, it's just a different sound. Um, I'm the kind of person that like if everyone goes right, 
I want to go left only because everyone's going right. Not because I chose left or right. It's because I like to go against the crowd and not many people like the violin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want the violin. But then most things that I listen to, it's like, if the song has a violin, you know, like, um, what's his name? Coldplay? You know the oh, band yeah. Coldplay? Oh, yeah. Well, they got that song, and I forget what it's called, but it's like, um, oh, crap. It's like, da, 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 da. Anyways, you know what yeah. that song is. But anyways, they had a violin version of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. But then, like, me just naturally liking the violin over and over, I hear it. I'm like, that's actually really good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Kanye West did, um, you know, he had an album, Late Registration. Oh, yeah. So he did an album called Late Orchestration, a remix album of it with a full, like, band with symphony. violins and drums and shit. Yeah, symphony, yeah. Oh, that must have been good. Yeah, I got to listen to that one. That would yeah. probably be worth listening to. Even like, um, um, you, you heard Linkin Park? Yeah. So I, I, I'm a big Linkin Park fan. Uh, well, when they were kind of Linkin Park. But um, the they they had this thing called reanimation. So they had their, their first album and then they redid it with just different tones and whatnot. And... Um, uh, one of the songs it was like a well-known song and they, they had a violin kind of, and it was crazy because the, the original version is like really like, you know, rock or however, alternative rock, however you classify them. And then the remix version is like this violin and it's slower and like, you think to yourself like, what? This is not it. But it, like for me, it was like, holy shit, this is way better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, that that that's awesome. Um, if any if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, whether it's via accounting ship through any way that you'd want to get in contact them, like you know, like Instagram tag name stuff like that, like how could someone get in contact with you? Uh, well, I guess Instagram. I don't really have a like a business or anything, so I've never thought about this. But uh, um, yeah, they can just go. It's my handle is L E W I two N Z the number okay. two so yep. um yeah everyone used to say i was listening to music all the time and it was like like louis tunes like looney tunes because he's, oh, he's always listening to music but yeah and yes. i did that when i was young and then i thought it was cool because you know how you're young you do it weird <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> your first email is always the most embarrassing um kind of thing <laughs> but then you just stick with it <laughs> too late yeah <laughs> i mean like my my like so People who know me from a long time, they call me P-Row. So yeah. P-R-O-W. And that came from us trying to imitate uh, rapper names because Lil Wayne just changed his name to Wheezy F Baby. <laughs> and we were like, oh, man, we got to create a cool. So, so mine's P-Row F Baby because my last name is Yeah, right? And so <laughs> it was just like... Then it was like, well, that was dumb. And then nowadays, like, people still call me that. And so I realized that my name on, uh, like, so, like, let's say I call you, or sorry, I message you and you message me. It'll be like, do you want to share your name? And my name is is, is under P Rose. Like, I don't even think about it. So I just hit <laughs> I share. I just hit share. And now it's in your contact automatically saved under Piro. Well, anyways, you'll see me later on. Like most people that I shared it with, they're like, oh, what's up, Piro? And I'm like, how the hell do you know that name? 
it's like it's like like i wouldn't necessarily say it's like only my real friends know but like only like people who know me for a while know that name and the fact that you're saying that name and kind of like even if we just met and you called me piro instantly in my head we're, we're good friends yeah like because you wouldn't know that name if unless we were good friends yeah and it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So, like, yeah, Louis, Louis Tunes is uh, is is something that, like, you know, you might hear me say it. It's like, oh, this guy, don't you dare say that name. But then all of a sudden, it, it'll stick on and and whatnot and, <laughs> and what and so forth. But um, but no, man, I appreciate you coming on here and providing a really, really good conversation. Um, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah definitely was man thank you for having me on <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll have to have another one or maybe have a have like a group podcast in your in your wine club oh yes that would be that so I was, I was i was literally just talking to someone they're like dude you know it'd be a great podcast episode is that if you can get someone who has just got really drunk and and then you put them on the podcast to see how they went and then <laughs> you know i was like that would actually be a pretty cool podcast because like we can literally talk about anything and they'll take us down the most randomest roads <laughs> you know what i mean we'll be talking about like music and whatnot and like 15 seconds later we're talking about like cats and dogs and all this kind of stuff and then it's like how did we get there but uh but yeah man i'll uh i'll get you i'm right now i'm doing seasons and Right now we're on season two of this podcast, and once once I get you some more questions, because man, we pretty much answered a whole bunch of questions that like I, I don't think I need to ask you any more questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <we're through. laughs> But uh, when I do think of some more questions, I'll most definitely get you back on. And plus, in the long term, I'm trying to make video uh, podcasts as well. So like once I get my place that I'm gonna do this all in. I want to, you know, have a proper seating and not be in a room where there's going to be uh, an echo. That's why I didn't want to do it at the gym that we're at because I was talking out loud as I was messaging you back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I can hear my voice and I know the sound quality would be messed up. You got to edit it, blah, blah, blah. So a video one would be cool in the, in the long run as well. So. Yeah. Awesome, but uh, before before we we get this all wrapped up, what I'm gonna do is uh, when we wrap this up, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna video call you real quick, okay? And what that's gonna do is because uh, I because it's funny because you were like, "Yeah, I'm wearing a Lakers stuff," and I'm like, "Shit, I'm actually wearing a Bulls jersey." <laughs> but uh, but we'll just take a photo, like I'll just I'll put the camera up there, you know, little pose or whatever, take a photo. That way, when I put it on the podcast episode, um. It, it's it's like you have to put a photo on there, right? Yeah. And normally people just put the same photos up all the time of, of their podcast. But like me, I I like to be different. I just want to put like you know what you're hearing are these two people talking or these three people or such and such. You know what I mean? So sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you once again. That's concluding the podcast episode. I'll call you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Later. <laughs>